0: this is uh so we're live now this is episode i don't even remember anymore uh with uh with metal 571 uh, it's probably number three or four with you i think um becoming a becoming i think you're becoming a regular guest on this uh on this channel but in any case uh what we're going to do today is we're going to focus more on the q a kind of stuff uh viewer q a uh rather than you know a series of more constructed interview questions because uh we want to see what everybody else is uh asking metal 571 in lieu of his usual saturday what used to be his usual saturday uh A sessions so we'll try and do a little bit of that here uh as well so uh yeah without further ado uh let's get started is there any uh we could we might as well just start with uh, some questions from the chat right away someone's uh, uh, a little bit quiet I I'm, I'm, I'm just turning you up oh okay yeah a yeah, it's a good way to, for us to get the, the levels right here. <laughs> yeah, I'm at
1: like the normal volume for my. I mean, I can turn up just yeah. slightly more, but I'm not gonna mess with it too much since you're adjusting yeah. it. All right. I thought I episode four, yeah. on here. Let's see. Yeah. Oh well, the ALS. I'll, i guess I'll read that one. Um, is the ALS an upgrade from the 650 or the 660s? Whoa, that's a. That's an unusual question. Um, but I can see where you're coming from there. Um. Wait.
0: Is the question which is the better upgrade, or is it a question of is the Aeolus an upgrade from both? Uh,
1: it says, oh yeah, that now yeah. I think you gotta clarify that a little bit because it is an upgrade from both of those. Um, but if you're asking which one it's closer to <laughs> in like tone as an upgrade from them, probably more the 660s actually.
0: Um, yeah. When I heard it, I mean, it sounded like. Uh, well, see, like, to me, I have a mixed opinion about the 660s because I find that it, it's not really, like, I wouldn't say the 660s is a straightforward upgrade over the 650. Oh, we did I think it's,
1: from both. Yeah. And that's. Oh yeah. From both. Okay. It's not as direct an upgrade. I think someone's still saying I'm low. I don't know. Um, I, I got you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to keep messing with my game. I got you. you. Adjust yeah. the game. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the O'Tour is a little closer, actually, probably quite a bit closer because it's got much more upfront mids. Um, it's a little bit, the a with the perf suede pads morphs it enough to be a little closer to the 6X0s, um, but the O'Tour just straight out of the box, even with the stock pads, sounds a lot closer to Sennheiser, I think. So
0: if you, uh, I mean, just jumping off that question if you were to say like the most straightforward if you were to pick two headphones that would be that would be like the most straightforward upgrades over the hd650 or 6xx what would they be in different price categories
1: um <laughs> that's what everyone's looking for right i mean yeah uh i think the alex is pretty close um for relatively cheap as for an upgrade um and that's what 699 i think and so it's it's got more upfront mids i would say you can go to the clear after the Alex if you want to upgrade even more slightly different for me there was less upper mids both of those focals have a little bit more treble actually probably quite a bit more trouble it just depends on what you're listening to mm-hmm. um than the than the sennheisers though so um, as in mid treble like you know peaks somewhere around i think you usually say like 8k 10k something like that somewhere around there both of those do if you're going way higher price actually an even more direct upgrade is probably the aurora's audio borealis i haven't heard the production model yet so i don't know for sure but um, that's also in there at 899 so somewhere around there i can't think of anything that's like really super high-end that sounds kind of like the sennheiser off the top of my head though i don't know maybe you can
0: i so for me it would be the auteur in that sort of like between the 1k and 2k Price oh
1: market. yeah, okay. Um, I mean like summit Fi stuff I don't yeah, know. I yeah. can't summit really think Fi, of something way up there.
0: Yeah, um but I also think um uh, like it, we'll see what happens with Borealis. I mean, I'm hopefully like I get a chance to review that here pretty quick. Um but yeah, it my my suspicion is that it's probably going to be that, but I from my from memory, I think the Borealis might be closer to the HD 600 in tonality so maybe a little bit more probably like, yeah. let's say uh, more linear more like classically neutral <laughs> um whereas the HD650 6xx maybe a little bit more mid forward sounding um
1: yeah the 580 is really what i think um yeah, I mean, rock yeah, Ruck was targeting so yeah less. yeah not not like a, not as much like a 650 for the uh the, yeah. the borealis as much as it is a 580 kind of thing yeah yeah
0: yeah but for a uh, I'm just trying to think of like for a let's say more uh, commonly available headphone because I think yeah like the they they're building them right now like it's it's sold on the website but I think you could go there and order them and they're building them something like that um, So for a more commonly available headphone, I'd probably go with the um, the clear or the LX or earlier uh, with the clear pads but I think that those bundles I don't know if they're still available as well but those would be kind of the oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in any case, I think we've probably <laughs> probably answered that question. I don't know if it gets any better than that, though. Above, you know, like two thousand dollars, I don't know what else I would really recommend. Yeah, for i Yeah. Uh, okay, so just I gotta back up here a little bit. Um, is the uh, Alex worth the money? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I I think. Uh, i mean as metal 57 was was saying last time uh the sandara is is the one that's really worth the money (laughs) yeah uh and then lx is like i don't know if it's as good value as the sandara but it's it's also really good performer i think for the money that'd be my take on it at least i don't know what do you think
1: yeah i think that's i think i think that's what i said last time i thought that was weird like I don't think there was that much variance, but there was some variance between the two Alexas I reviewed. Like I got one, yeah, and then Max Setting was telling me like, no, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be better than that. I was surprised that you don't like it. And I got another mm. one, and I think it was slightly more detailed. But I never directly compared them. So, I mean, it's it's six nine. I mean, given all the build quality and gen- the general decent very decent very unusually good f4 kind of thing i can see it being worth it but yeah i don't know it's value is too hard i don't like value was <laughs> <laughs> value too hard to judge yeah
0: i have to uh clear up something that i that was that i misrepresented in the last uh live stream that we did um about the driver that's in the Alex and the ALEAR. Oh, right. Um, That was very interesting. And so, yeah, like I... I, I, Somebody correctly pointed out in the comments for that one uh, that the difference... While there is a difference in the voice coil, it's not that one of them is formless and the other one isn't or frameless or whatever they call it. Uh, The difference is actually that the ALEAR slash Alex uses... A frameless voice coil or formless voice coil that is uh, aluminum with a copper coating, and then the uh, voice coil for the clear is all copper now I, I I went down the rabbit hole on this a little bit and I found it actually very interesting uh, because you'd think that the that because aluminum is lighter that it would be less stuff to move, but then remembering also that copper is a better conductor so uh, apparently the full copper voice coil does allow for a little bit of the a little bit better uh, let's say detail. I don't know if that actually is where it shows up, but
1: uh Or just different, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know
0: if that I don't know if like that directly translates to better performance, like, but that's the claim like, at least. <laughs> right.
1: But I feel like if conductivity is better then you get more sensitivity rather than
0: Well it is it is more it is less lower impedance, I think. The clear okay. is lower impedance as far as I understand. It makes sense then by a little yeah, bit Yeah that's probably why. I don't yeah. know.
1: What do I look like an engineer? All right, anyway. <laughs> but,
0: anyways, I hope that clears it up because it's not that yeah, they don't use frameless. It's not ones. what we thought. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there is a difference in the voice coil. It's just not what I was saying it was in the last one. Um, moving on. I mean, we've only <laughs> just scratched the surface. Yeah,
1: that's how these uh,
0: go. I'll, I'll let you pick the next one.
1: I don't even know what to pick. Let's see. What's is your the Here's, a, here's yeah, a one. Is the ALS as detailed as the LCD2? No. <laughs> I don't. I. I. I don't know. I don't think so. I think when that I actually compared those two. Did I compare those two directly, or did I compare it to the O'Tour? I can't remember now. I think I compared those two directly because I was thinking about buying an ALS for the longest time. But even though it has a much more natural sounding frequency response right out of the box, because I EQ the LCD two, it ended up having more technicalities that I thought were better for what I needed. This very. Very uh very specific answer there because like I can easily see people wanting the ALS over the LC2 full stop, even though it's more expensive and in some ways it's not as better not as well performing. So Yeah, that's a that's a tough thing to answer. Those two are well hopefully ZMF the can send some more stuff to resolve because <laughs> you need you need more of that.
0: Yeah, I haven't actually had a chance to read the You didn't do the ALS, did you? Aeolus, um, no. I heard okay. it, but I, and I liked it, but I yeah, I haven't had a chance to actually you know, yeah, spend a lot of time. It's much
1: with it. more interesting in a quiet mm-hmm. environment, yeah. Uh,
0: I'm I'd love to do actually, and that's another thing is like I need to get into some of those Odyssey ones that you have. I mean metal uh I mean obviously I, the LC No, you don't we GX, don't want but... to add
1: another shell to the to the club here. We can't be doing that. Well, but I yeah, I
0: mean <laughs> being able to do a comparison with similarly priced right. you know, planar versus dynamic like that yeah. would be nice. Um I just, I have to, I'm backing up here. Uh, Is the, okay, this is one that I think I can answer. Is the uh, HE1000SE a worthwhile upgrade over the ARIA? Uh, If you, so I want to say no. Um, If you, especially if you don't do EQ, like the, I find the HE1000SE to be something where if you don't have much for an amplifier and you don't plan on investing in an amplifier, uh, you know, that one is very easy to power. Uh, It is better for technicalities, it does have better, from what I can tell, at least, uh, detail retrieval, um, and better, uh, it's got a better sense of uh, stage depth, I find, even though the aria is pretty good, Uh, but I don't think that, like, if you're not going to EQ it, I I find that the HE1000 SE's just got too much air trouble, like, above 12k, it's just, everything sounds just too kind of, like, pulled apart, almost. Uh, so I'd say if you're not playing on EQ, it I would skip the HE1000 SE. I would go for the HE1000. What is it? V1? Uh, one of the other ones. Or That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> or go for the um, all the way for the Sisvara. <laughs> That's like, I got. Yeah. It's I know it's more expensive, but like I would I would go for the as far over that. <laughs> if, you, if you're gonna make a, an upgrade from the Aria, I think the only thing really that makes sense is to go you know all out high-end
1: yeah do they have anything in like the isn't it just kind of a jump to the Susvara? i don't think there is much in between except like the se i guess
0: yeah the se is 3500 and this as far as 6k but like That's I, what as now, you okay. were saying like i don't know if anybody actually pays yeah
1: nobody actually susvara. pays that because of yeah. the the markup and dealers and all that stuff but it's still you know just walking the the price ranks yeah it's yeah it makes sense.
0: release a susvara you know uh, two juniors, oh, as, far oh, as junior, as far as junior
1: <laughs> yeah i mean they would do that probably so yeah i like i like this one what do we think about elitism and snobbery within the headphone community <laughs> there's a lot of that and oh uh, yeah i'll let you i have always I, I have always said um at least in the last couple of years i've always said i'm just going to tell you what i hear and what i think about something I'm not trying to tell you you're not allowed to like whatever it is. Like, people always point at the Nighthawk review as like, oh, this guy's way biased against the thing and all that, and it's like, I just don't think it sounds good. I mean, that doesn't matter what if you own it or not. I mean, yeah, it's painful to hear somebody, I guess you trust, say that something is terrible, but if we'd say everything is great, then we turn into, uh, I'm not gonna name drop any websites, <laughs> but you guys know what I'm talking about. So,
0: yeah. um
1: That's what I think anyway.
0: I think there's a number of, like, things that when I see... So, for example, if I see something on Reddit where it's somebody really praising the DT1990 Pro and then recommending it, it makes me feel a little bit like, oh, I wish this person had a chance to compare side-by-side with all these other headphones. Something like that. Just not because I don't want them to enjoy, you know, the DT1990 Pro, like, I think it's fine if you EQ a bit, but I, I just think it would be nice to be able to kind of give people the breadth of experience that, you know, getting to try out more than just the one headphone that they're going to buy would allow, uh, allow for, because a lot of the time when you buy, when you, when you buy a headphone, you don't have that opportunity. You're buying one headphone and then you're like, oh, wow, this sounds amazing, you know, because it's an upgrade from whatever it was that you had, but it doesn't give you a comparison relative to everything else that you could have bought. Um, And then that, that's where a lot of the like, uh, uh, pushback on negative reviews comes from, I find it's a lot of people saying, how could you say that this wasn't as good as something else or not worth the price? I have this, I bought it, and it sounds amazing to me, right? And then it's like, yeah, but you didn't try it compared to everything else, right? So I wouldn't say that that's necessarily like elitism. It's more just that there's an element of experience that I think not everybody has the opportunity to, to um
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of, have... I think that's sort of the root of all arguments that come out in this hobby is just like, it sounds amazing. Yeah. How can you possibly say that it doesn't sound amazing because we've heard a lot of things and most people unfortunately don't have the opportunity to hear all the stuff that we, I don't even know how I got to this point where manufacturers (laughs) are willing to send me things but I guess there was enough people who realized that they agreed with me for some things I don't know what it I don't know it's just slowly ramped up but like yeah it's 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 still personal at the end of the day and as long as people know I think the most important thing is to know what the target sound you're looking for is because all of us have a slightly different preference on that and that's going to that i mean bright dark is useless without a relative comparison that's also it too but yeah the root of the problem is you know people don't get to hear all this stuff that we get to hear and directly compare and even i don't get to directly compare everything like we often have to go off uh, off, go off of (laughs) wow i just failed there i go off of auditory memory and that's a really unreliable thing that's like Actually one reason why I removed my DT 1990 review, because I didn't have a DT 80 at the time. That's just the obvious thing to compare to, mm-hmm. um, if you're not directly comparing it's it's, it's hard to judge, especially detailed differences between headphones. Very hard to judge that from memory. That's, that's tough. So that's actually
0: something I'm kind of struggling with, with this one right here, this is the ADX 5,000, sorry.
1: No, yeah, that's, I, uh, that's what the, do you, nope. wait, what do you even it's compare that to the LCD uh, or something?
0: Hey, no, know. This is well the thing is like price wise oh, yeah? like, I don't two know. grand but yeah. uh, I think its competitor is the HDA 800S. Okay. Um but only because it's uh, this is the has the craziest amount of air. <laughs> like this has air of like one of those like high end planar's but I like maybe a little bit more balanced in the lower treble like less you know like the lcd4 kind of does the dip and then the crazy air. yeah right right this has the air but not the crazy dip
1: in the... oh so it's yeah. got everything i remember I, all i can remember about that headphone is it had a lot of resolution and that might just be because it had a lot of air <laughs> i could yeah. be I'm fooling myself at a meet from that so that's it also had a big the... 5k peak or something Yeah, definitely no recession there so
0: yeah there's uh so i from what i've like again this is part of it is from auditory memory but it's also partially because i'm well i'm i'm weirdly comparing this against the closed back hda20 for trying to identify detail right and in my mind it's like okay they're very close in that sense but obviously the frequency response for this is way better <laughs> um but, okay. but but you know trying to if, if i'm thinking of you know the ring radiator driver of the hda100s i mean they're doing a similar thing with the hda20 just the frequency response is totally weird there so if the detail retrieval for those is pretty close, then the de- then it's not the worst to compare it to for something like this. It's just you know again yeah. inventory memory for and then also that's like how much does the frequency response impact the representation of that detail retrieval?
1: Yeah, that's um, why you have that's why I always use EQ because like yeah. I'll EQ things and remove peaks and be like wait a minute. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. like something that I don't think it's mentioned much. Um, I know we do need to go back to the questions here in a second, but <laughs> um, something that I don't think it's mentioned much. And I've failed at this personally is that when there's an upper mid range peak, or at least something that I think is an upper mid range peak, which is everything um, <laughs> then around like ear resonance at three to four K, I sometimes hear that as grain and it's not always like, mm. Um, When there's harshness to the sound in that region, um, sometimes it fools me into thinking a headphone is, you know, more brash and thus a little bit grittier sounding. But it's really not because if you take an EQ to it, it smooths out perfectly. And I'm always like, well, how is this? What? So there's it's difficult to separate. Mm-hmm. Um, frequency response. Of course, if Sean Olive was in here, and be like, obviously all headphones have detail.
0: It's, <laughs> but... it's all frequency response. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I don't mean to rag on the guy. He's done some great research. But no, it's 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 tough. Like Judging detail is very difficult. Yeah. And everyone falls for peaks or dips being more or less detailed because they do sound like that sometimes. But anyway, actually, somebody else had a question that... Um, that I probably have an ability to answer, which is DT-770 is just terrible. Base bass is not controlled, way too <laughs> much trouble. How come people like it? Is it unit variation? And this guy has the 32 ohm version. So um, as far as I hear, so I talked to Oratory about this, about the DT-770, and he claims that it doesn't matter what impedance you have. It's just, there's a lot of variation from unit to unit. And he's measured a couple of them, which is slightly surprising to me, but slightly not. I mean, even the K371 I'm wearing, the review unit versus the one I own sounds slightly different when I compared them directly too. So I feel like some of the cheaper dynamic headphones may not go through the kind of QC and matching you know, unit to unit, maybe between drivers, but not unit to unit um, that some of the more expensive headphones go through. And even them, obviously, you know, Odyssey is an obvious example. <laughs> There's still some variation uh, up, up there. But uh, the 80-ohm driver version that I own now, which is pretty old and thus burned in <laughs> it's going to start a fight um is not as bright as the 32 or the 250 ohm models i've heard so that's why i like it but yeah so it's a lot of it is probably a unit variation but i think the 80 ohm sounds slightly different in my experience the 80 ohm versions do sound different than the other two they're not nearly as bright at least Bass i have no idea i've heard some 80 ohms with not very strong bass i've heard some with stronger bass than the 32 and 250 So I really don't know. (laughs) So it's I would have to like I'd have to buy three of each impedance and then listen to them all. And so I'd have like nine DT770s floating across my desk, and then I'd finally be able to tell you maybe some idea of (laughs) what this thing is supposed to sound like. Uh anyway. It's definitely a problem though.
0: Yeah. I I'd like to maybe one day review excuse me, review one of the newer or one of the yeah newer DT seven seventies. Compare it to the older one just to see. I I see so many DT seven seventies everywhere because it's like it it feels like it's just sort of like the, They're the used in default, yeah studio yeah. headphone that everybody has. And you know, I keep, I always see that, and I go, it, you know, I wonder if that's gonna help
1: with the recording
0: <laughs> or yeah. hinder
1: it. I don't know if that's. I'm, I'm hoping, and the most of the time I see them, they're being used as monitors where sound quality, I mean, honestly, right. it doesn't really matter that much. Right. Um, it is kind of helpful to have a bass boost probably when you're recording, so you can hear the the beat that you're trying to sing or play an instrument yeah. to. I don't know if we need that much trouble, but (laughs) so, but another thing that is also a really big problem is the pads are going to change people's perception of that headphone hugely. Like when I bought my first 770 for my 770 review, the pads were really worn out. I bought it on eBay and I listened to it and it was, they were so thin and not uh, like they're supposed to be plush, really plush, but they were like really soft and they compressed a lot to the point where the upper mids actually sounded... forward, which is the exact opposite signature of that headphone. And when I replaced the pads, I was like, Oh my God, it's just like a holy, di- whole different headphone. Um, so that also impacts people's perception of that thing. Those biodynamics are, are pretty interesting, but anyway, yeah, that's what's going on with those things. It's bizarre.
0: Uh, I got another question here for you. So, uh, what else is there for 1K, uh, one K a thousand dollars? other than the lcd2 that has a similar performance and responds well to eq what would be your pick for under a thousand dollars
1: you know i really want to review the ananda because that would seem like the obvious answer to me in my mind because i haven't gotten around to that yet uh it seemed but it does i from what i know and i think you can probably corroborate this if that's even the right word um is the ananda's like impact and slam does not is not anywhere near even like the aria for example and probably not as good as the lcd2 too. lcd2 is decent and impact. It's not amazing. Um, so I think Ananda is probably behind that too, but Ananda's frequency response. When I put that thing on, I think it was not this year, but last year, can I was like, dude, this is really close to even yeah. my preference. And I know that that's like one of your reference headphones, probably if you, if you owned one, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I, I um, don't
0: own one. It's for me, it's yeah. The Ananda tuning would be my reference. To yeah. One, but I think, you know, the, for the the performance was pretty good but like when comparing to the aria yeah you know it's like there's a clear difference there yeah like for like soundstage depth and everything yeah and
1: that's not surprising because the ananda is supposed to be the efficient model in the lineup i don't think aria is that hard to drive is it i don't know i haven't tried it not super hard to drive no yeah but it's not as easy to drive as the ananda at least so that's kind of what you lose there yeah i find that a lot with the really efficient headphones um, you do lose some of the slam. You do lose some of the resolution, at least. 4Z is probably the most stark contrast example <laughs> of that. I don't know why anyone would pay the same price as a regular LCD 4 for that thing, but anyway.
0: I mean, what do you think about that, though? Like, the trend for things to get easier and easier to drive. I mean, is that so, something... Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Or so, does it matter?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good question, actually. And um, So I think there's a disconnect when it comes to that between manufacturers and um, either like the average person and audiophile people. Like there's a huge disconnect between these three categories because manufacturers look at the market and they say, oh, people, more and more people want to plug this into a MacBook, so we should make it really efficient because we have a larger market there. And the audiophile community goes, but you're giving up all this performance, (laughs) but for doing that, we have amps, dude. Yeah, And both of them have a good point. So it depends on who you are. Like I, the reason, one of the reasons why my LCE1 review was really good was really, was really hyped. I don't know, <laughs> it wasn't really, but one of the reasons is because it was very efficient. Now, um, it's unusual to have that kind of resolution at, in the treble specifically at that, you know, efficiency, but uh, so generally speaking, I'm, I'm probably 90% of the people in the chat here have an amp already. And so that completely changes everything. <laughs> so it really depends. You have to be careful about what you're describing, this, what a headphone is intended for, for that.
0: This is 420 ohms, the ADX 5000. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, they went higher than the... Uh, I remember the, the R70X was a big deal because it was like yeah. 400 ohms. They went even <laughs> higher now. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, but I mean, that's the kind of thing where like in my mind, that, like pick, yeah. pick an app. You can drive it. It's not, you know, it's not like one of these... Yeah, planars that requires you know, and even then, like an LCD four, you can run that off of a a fairly inexpensive amplifier if you are balanced. seven eighty nine will run it. Balanced, like right?
1: Right? Yeah, just fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I I don't know. Like I I think both the fact that amps are getting more easily like they're getting cheaper for the power output that they have definitely plays into it a lot. I yeah. agree. And yeah, just uh, audio files have them, and and then on top of it, it's like I don't. We're not at the point yet where we're actually able to properly, you know, bake the amps and DACs into the headphones. I mean, maybe the Panda transcends this or the uh, LCD-1 closed. Yeah, they're little, clearly like, working okay, yeah. on it. Yeah, they <laughs> want to get there, but I just, I yeah. don't, I don't know if it's, good. I think, you know, 10 years, <laughs> five yeah, to 10 years. That's I'd give it that, you know.
1: It's uh, it's it's a little bit out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the dream, though, is a lightweight, very high-resolving headphone running lossless Bluetooth. Yeah. And just sounds good. I mean, that's like what I think of as one of the best. And then I think at some point we'll probably end up having, I hope it's optional, but I hope we'll have, you know, DSP built in that you can play with as well if you want to. Not just EQ DSP, but, you know, virtual surround and whatever. That's thinking really far ahead. And I think that's one of the last things that Tile also said before he retired. It's like, you know this is the direction things are going is wireless, yeah. the direction things are going is built-in DSP and amps, that sort of thing but, yeah, and so in my to, but to close out the original question in my opinion, anything that costs like I don't know, say like 1500 or above I don't think the manufacturer should be worrying about how easy it is to drive I mean, that sounds kind of ridiculous yeah. um, but it depends because you know, the reason why things like the MX4 and the F 4Z even exist is apparently because Odyssey works with the studios in uh, in California, and they had asked, hey, we just want to be able to plug into a mixing console. We want to carry huge, big, powerful amps everywhere in order to run the run the headphone at the volume we need. So they created it. But mm-hmm. for the audiophile community, that doesn't make any sense. So again, <laughs> but in my opinion, I don't think you need to worry about efficiency when you get up to the really, really expensive stuff. I think that that should be like... yeah. Give me a six hundred ohm planer. I don't care if it sounds yeah. amazing, like blowing everything else out of the water. People will buy the amps to run it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> and then there's so. even an opportunity to partner with the amp manufacturers. Mm-hmm. There's always, Definitely. you know, especially like at you know, various shows and stuff like that. It's like, can it run these headphones? Yeah, a lot of amps were built specifically for the he 6 because it was like that was right. the question. Uh, but in any case uh, we should probably move on from that question yeah, um, yeah. what is the, here's, a, here's a good one what is the best ZMF for classical music and I know the
1: answer <laughs> I probably don't because I don't own a Verite but no I think you uh, always no it's not said, the Verite uh, no I think you always said that the Verite is a more flavorful one and I think I would agree with that it's not yep. as strictly neutral I think so I'm guessing you're going to say the Auteur then would be yes I am going to say the totally yeah. correct and I agree with that uh, headphone for classical. So if you're going to buy a ZMF and you're going to listen to classical and you don't need a closed back, then yeah, Altor, I would agree. Yep. That's definitely it.
0: Um, Let's see. I'll let you pick the, the next one here. I'm one just of sort of getting lost. One of my friends says,
1: give us thick with two Cs headphones. I, I think I had a ZMF Classic the last time he asked that and I was showing that. Um, the pads on the Odyssey's are pretty thick too. but.
0: Thick headphones? I. It's yeah. got to be the head audio headphones. Oh, That's... the headphone beats that. Yeah, you're right. you <laughs> that don't have like one around, do you? Chunk... I, I don't. No. Oh, my God. No, that it's that. Has... I think that one's doing the rounds. I don't know where it is now. The most
1: chunk headphone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's kind of a joke question. Here. Why don't you pick one for yourself? <laughs> 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 uh, someone someone asked if this was an interview. <laughs> no, funny. we're just doing viewer Q
0: and A, guys. For it's, your. It's not uh, supposed
1: to be. Either of us are answering. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Well, uh, I was gonna say, will any of you review the Ver- Zima Verite closed? And the answer to that is yes. Uh, when we get sent one, and we're sort of at the mercy of uh, whenever one becomes available for uh, for yeah. reviews.
1: As far as we uh, know, Zach is such a busy guy with all that stuff, so it's yeah, I think difficult to d- procure one.
0: I might have heard this incorrectly, but I thought they were like in the process of like moving something or moving a to a different space or something like that even
1: larger space that's funny because i think maybe they already did yeah maybe they did and then yeah (laughs) it's it's,
0: yeah maybe that's what i'm thinking of oh okay um all right oh uh let's see uh there's a lot of stuff where it's like i haven't actually heard it uh somebody asked ananda ananda versus the focal clear oh i mean to me that's like Do you want a planar or do you want a dynamic? (laughs) I mean, the clear is also more expensive. I think it's if you want slam and dynamic punch and impact, gotta go with the clear. If you want, let's say, planar instrument separation and like uh, bass extension, and uh, honestly, the tonality I think for the Ananda is even just a little bit more to my taste <laughs> then yeah go to the ananda the only issue that i have with the clear is that the uh, oh and the sound stage for the anandas is it's not as uh, like front and center in my face it's a little bit further forward uh but the, yeah, my only issue with the clear is that occasionally the the consonant sounds are a little bit sharp a little bit bright there just at around 8k 8.5k i don't know what's your what's your take on that
1: yeah i mean only heard both I've only heard those two briefly and I don't think I've heard the Ananda in a quiet environment yet but um I, I did hear the Ananda BT in a quiet environment and I something was missing from that I no, think so you said that. that does not yeah, sound no. the same I totally agree um so Yeah, the clear, though, I like uh, a lot, actually, mainly because it's more detailed, I think, than the LX, and it has less upper mids. I mean, how can you not win with me by doing those two things? (laughs) But but it is still a little bit... Yeah, it can get bright. I think if you're listening to, you know, mainstream music, it's probably going to be a little too much. But if you're, you know, listening to classical or something really well-recorded, then, yeah, and like someone literally just said as I was saying that, I like the clear sparkly treble. Yeah, I mean... Nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great headphone. It's a little expensive, I think, for what it is. Again, but yeah, I always ask for that it, dealer discount. Obviously, it does but... go on sale though too. I think and I've it seen goes it... on sale. Yeah, yeah for like right. eleven
0: $1, hundred or something once. I was like, oh, that's that's a good deal. Yeah,
1: it's... I I think I still think it's a really good headphone. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't. And it's a more normal enough... headphone too. <laughs> oh yeah, I it's don't a way more comfortable headphone than the Ananda. Ananda yeah. yeah, to to know for sure. But someone yeah, yeah, was yeah. saying LCD two versus LCDX a while ago. Those are like way different. Like uh, the 2F, which is what I have, um, is definitely not as high resolution as the LCD X. I mean, actually I would just point you at Max's review. He did the X and the MX4 uh, versus the GX recently. So that should help uh, distinguish these things, Um, which I now have, I just haven't listened to them yet. Sorry guys, I didn't get a chance before I was (laughs) on the stream. I was actually about to do that earlier and then I got wrapped up with trying Zoom. And uh, we decided not to use it. <laughs> so, but I'll have some thoughts about those on my Twitter. Uh, the MX4 and the X and GX I own, and the two F I own, and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah.
0: I think Almost Max's D-F. conclusion on that was that the GX was the best one to buy these days.
1: Yeah, if if frequency response without EQ is what you care yeah. about, then yeah. But I compared the GX and the two F. Um, directly the other day and pretty much concluded that if you're not eQing then yeah the GX is definitely better out of the box but the 2f is more capable that phasers and yeah. the but the those frequency response is very weird it's like this there's a 6k peak actually that I probably didn't mention that's a little bit higher than the 10k peak on it and then there's a hunk at 1k by about 3db and there's a obvious huge recession at about 4k and I, needed, I only bring it up a little bit because I'm allergic to upper mids, but like if you're if you're a normal person, you might need like five or more dB to pull the 4K back up into line. And then I add a small base shelf to taste, but so there's a lot going on there. And I think I posted the GX EQ recently on Twitter and I just brought up 4K by like 2 dB and and the, added a base shelf and was like, this sounds right now, <laughs> so it's really a lot closer. It just doesn't resolve quite as well. Yeah, it's pretty interesting.
0: It's pretty crazy that, I mean, the LCD-2F has been around for so long.
1: It's gone it's... through so many revisions that, like, it's, yeah. if you try to describe what the LCD-2 sounds like, it's... You have to be very specific, uh, which I should now do. I am reviewing the... I'm talking about the 2018 LCD-2 two with the headband. Oh, it's behind me somewhere. I'm not even looking at the camera. Um, but... Yeah, I think the last revision was 2016 and then the most recent revision, they didn't change the sound uh, uh that before it was the 2018 revision only added the headband with the suspension strap which is very helpful. <laughs> and then I I know I know you liked that along with the lower weight of the GX. And then in 2020, I think just this year they decide, they started using mesh on the outside instead of fabric or something like that. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, the sound hasn't changed, I don't think, since the 2016 rev. I actually wasn't even into the brand until that rev, because I heard that it was very, it was a big revision on yeah. the drivers and how they sounded. so. Well,
0: because I, I used to own the original LCD-2. Oh,
1: like, really? Back in,
0: yeah. And I ended up selling it and buying the HE500 instead.
1: Uh, but, I can understand but that, yeah.
0: I, I still have the lobe strap from... <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> i think it's so, great actually it is great yeah and i mean that's everybody asks me like they see with when i use the verite on that uh, three dollar headphone stand it looks like it's part <laughs> of the stand they're like what is that headphone stand i want that stand i'm like no that's just the lobe
1: strap you don't you don't want to you don't want to do that <laughs> yeah because the problem with that headphone stand i think you were saying yeah. was uh it just you don't stretches wanna. the hell out of a suspended headband yeah. or whatever I, I would in, never yeah. put a headphone
0: on there that didn't have like a like the metal part is fine if you like hang it from that yeah but i wouldn't put anything that could you know um uh, scratch or anything like that oh or yeah leather or any material like that um let's but see yeah uh what is oh man there's a question here that i am not gonna <laughs> ask i'm gonna skip that one uh let's see the uh Susvara versus the lcd4 um debate,
1: debate know. our, debate our favorites of all time. <laughs> you know, that's changed. I, I, it's, it's actually difficult for me to say whether I like the, um, 1266 TC or the, mm-hmm. um, Dianify DMS pad or the LCD four more, cause I need to have all those at home and that's very hard to get those three in the same room probably. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know this as far as a it's an awesome headphone though I mean I'm I'm not it's not really a debate it's just that you know resolve likes you know music that is recorded correctly and so <laughs> if you play it back on an LD4 it might sound kind of dead without EQ and it doesn't on the as so that's a lot of it right there plus the weight difference is enormous actually I think that's a really high achievement. I didn't think about that as much as when you said it, I think, in your review. Where it's like, what is it, like, 350 grams or something? This is far. And, and yet it can, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's
0: I think it's, like, 420. 420. Or I think that's, it's around 400. It's Still, yeah. that's,
1: like, ridiculous. I, actually, that. I could
0: be wrong about that. Maybe 380? I don't know. Somebody can correct me. In, like a planer,
1: <laughs> like a planar headphone that is on the same level as the Odyssey, but in, in, in detail, but yet is like, what is that, like, 300 grams lighter? That's that's really awesome that's impressive and that thing's using some metal on it too
0: yeah jeez Um, i forget what's what um uh, fang bian said about the way that they were implementing the you know they have the what they call the stealth magnets there where the idea is that they round i think it's basically
1: phaser idea yeah kind of similar yeah but he
0: was telling me i asked him about like how are you able to achieve this how are you able to get it to be you know lighter And is you know it was one of the ways that you do that by uh, you know, doing this sort of rounding the edges and the magnets and stuff. And he said, well, it's, it's actually like everything goes into this. So like every, every parameter gets tweaked independently. And, you know, we try and make sure that the variables all, variables all line up so that we can produce something that's not, you know, too heavy. And actually, if you go back far enough, like their HE, original HE500, HE5, and HE6, they were all like over, I think, 500 grams as well
1: yeah they're pretty they hefty doing, you know, their
0: original yeah. double-sided stuff and so when they finally moved to the he 560 and the you know other stuff it, it they, he said it took them like three years or something to, to develop that because they knew that it was like the biggest limitation for them um,
1: so is this as, far as still double-sided i don't remember
0: it is as far as i know this as far Okay. is double-sided but in general like it's he was telling me it's no longer it's not as complicated as like many of us think where it's like double-sided oh, okay. versus single-sided he said you know there's a lot more that goes on to it where there's some that's like almost like a hybrid style where it's like double-sided but it depends how the trace goes so it's not actually double-sided oh, you have yeah. some on one side mostly on the other um, so it's, it's a lot more complicated oh, now wow. than just saying like you know single dub versus double because we would, you know, in the past, it was always like the comparison between the HE500 and HE560 was, well, one was single-sided, and that's why it didn't sound as good. <laughs> but I, I think these days, there's a lot more, you know, advancements in planar tech that have been done that make it more complicated than just saying one yeah, or the other. Yeah, it's just,
1: it's very impressive because a lot of the time, the magnet weight is becomes a huge problem with planar. So, yeah. you know, producing something that can do that uh, is is that's pretty impressive yeah but it's so it is everything though it's not just obviously the magnets are you know one or two sided it's all the design yeah i'm not surprised that makes sense
0: as someone says is detail driver size plus frequency response um gonna <laughs> say we don't know <laughs> probably not just driver size i don't know if that really correlates that's maybe I'm more gonna to say with gonna like, dynamics
1: i'm gonna say that detail may have nothing to do with either of those exactly actually, at all
0: Pro- Probably stiffness and rigidity and driver mechanics than
1: yeah. Abyss was talking about how they went through all kinds of different materials on their channel uh, before they found one that didn't have the resonances that they found annoying or something like that. All kinds of really exotic materials for the to use for the film um, before they found the right one. So I, I don't know. It's it's pretty complicated. I don't know how you measure all of that, but. We'll get there we'll I, I guess they B'd to the point where they couldn't get anything better by being against something else and then stuck with it and that's what the 1266 tc is something like that That's probably what i'm sure if dms yeah. watches this he'll, he'll correct <laughs> me um yeah. the stage equals how far the driver is there's some truth in that um one of the reasons i was asking uh odyssey i was like you know the lcd one doesn't have very wide sound stage here and seems kinda of obvious to me and they're like, Yeah, that's not surprising because the drivers are not very far away. And I was like, oh, that's at least plays some role and I know that for pretty sure that I don't know if it's that's obviously not everything, but it plays some role because switching the pads around with the atticus, mm-hmm. um, it was really clear to me that the ORI pads, which were the thickest, had the largest sound stage, and then the icon pads slightly smaller, and then when I went to the Universe pads, it was the smallest, and that's <laughs> the thickness it, of, of the pads had a lot to do with that at least. Same
0: thing with the uh, Verite if you use the oh, Universe yeah. pads, which are way thicker uh, it actually physically pushes them further away from your ears, and the soundstage is more expansive and kind of 3D with these pads whereas if you use the Verite pads, which is the, the they're still angled, but they're considered the flat pads because they're way, you know Smaller that actually brings it closer to your, it brings the driver closer to your ears, and it doesn't have as spacious a, a sound. Still, yeah, pretty I good forgot that the,
1: touchable. yeah, I forgot that the Verite pads were actually the thinnest ones. Those things are, yeah, it's it's amazing that your ears don't touch the inside of the thing using them.
0: Yeah, but there may also be a correlation there with, like, presentation of detail and proximity to the ear, where if it's too far away, you may lose a bit of that sense of, or maybe it's not detail, but that sense of. The technicalities the uh, even speed potentially um, just because it's traveling a further distance but I'm not again it's one of those things where it's like I I think there's probably a lot of variables that go into uh, like yeah, even driver I, angle and stuff like this like
1: yeah yeah. Right. yeah Then then yeah right there's driver angling and you know the material of the pad seems to make some difference as well mm-hmm. it's it's yeah there's just so much I actually completely disagree with you Max on soundstage is highly overrated because um, oh, well, okay. I see it, it. He's thinking, okay. There was no context to that statement. That's why I got confused. It's like people saying that headphones can sound like speakers is definitely very overrated. I don't think you can ever get to that point. Yeah. When something is, is so close up, but like one of the, I was going to say, like, you can't just say that soundstage doesn't matter. Cause like I spent a good deal. Of of money to upgrade, mainly soundstage over some other things. It's like going from the Sennheisers soundstage to the LCD two is such a large jump in stage, was, let alone like an HD eight hundred. That you know,
0: was that for you know your competitive gaming career for
1: <laughs> FPS? Yeah, that was that was that was way later actually i did used to play battlefield with the hd 800 and that was pretty great <laughs> yeah right you can i know Although, that's what a lot
0: of people did they were like i want to yeah. get the most furthest kind of stage <laughs>
1: yeah 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 actually people have really debated the hd eight hundred stage mm-hmm. lately like the imaging is apparently not very good i don't know i don't really have as much of a problem with it but, but the d880 yeah. is great for gaming because the imaging is good too but, yeah i think uh... it
0: only really becomes a like for me soundstage is not the most important thing like I, I tend to agree a little bit with that idea, but I, I like, it's only noticeable uh, when it's bad. Like, for example, the HD6xx <laughs> right. soundstage is a problem. Like, <laughs> uh, I find at yeah, least it's not
1: very good. Um, it's so it's got to whole... be at
0: least a little bit better than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot better than like if people have never heard what a soundstage is before, the Sennheiser will yeah. be like, "Whoa, this is kind of crazy." But yeah, once again, like. yeah. <laughs> people don't have that much experience with all these different headphones and various price ranges it's you know, actually hard the, to get at least here
0: the sound soundstage is one of the craziest as well for me at least but i find it's all like everything is just placed a little almost too far away from me which is another hmm. it's like i if it's headphones and it's two speaker like for me it sounds almost a bit weird yeah um
1: but well, then in you can case. just add crossfeed because, you know, obviously everybody, <laughs> has, a really, mini, everybody has a mini yeah. DSP, like 2X4 DSP, obviously. No.
0: Yeah. I, actually, the SPL Fonitor X has that, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, it has built-in the amp. I forgot about that. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah.
0: But no, I don't use it. I don't like that. <laughs> I, t- I tried to <laughs> around with it, but I just, I don't like it. I don't like doing that stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I like want d- it to be headphone yeah.
1: experience. Yeah, I think that, I think Soundstage is... Although I don't think it'll ever really match an actual speaker in a room, I think it's important um, to note that it—how it, much it actually matters to you definitely is going to vary from person to person. That's why I yeah. think like my complaints about the ALS not having a very good soundstage and and resolution not being quite amazing may not matter at all because it's just the it's one of the like most buttery smooth headphones I've heard, and the frequency response and the timbre is just. It's really great, even though there's t- a lot of other things that are lacking on it. It's it's why preference definitely plays a plays a factor here. So I have to mm-hmm. be careful. But yeah, right. anyway.
0: Um, let's see. Here's one for you that you would be able to answer that I can't. The HD800 imaging and clarity better than the LCD2F, or is it? Is the question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if the imaging on even the LCD2 is particularly realistic i think if i remember right like the the way that's it kind of spreads the images a little bit out to the sides and the center image is not as realistic and i think the hd800 kind of does that too i don't know max probably has something to say about that question but i don't know a soundstage to me i i I hate reviewing it because it takes (laughs) so much time to go back and forth because it's a lot more subtle than some of the other things. Like I can immediately tell if some headphone is bright or dark or something Even doesn't sound right. Cause like, cause I've heard the same tracks, just like a lot of the yeah. reviewers have their own playlists, like a million times. So I know what they're supposed to sound like. Um, mm. But you know, when it comes to soundstage, like it's, it's a little bit, it's tough. So I, I'll yep. top of my uh, head. I don't know if I can answer that one.
0: <laughs> you also have to almost, at least for me, when I'm trying to evaluate soundstage, I find I have to listen in a different way. Oh yeah, like I have to like focus on a completely different thing than what I would normally be focusing on for evaluating soundstage and get into that kind of first you have to have like the right tracks for this as well. So, you you know, using Yoshi Horikawa and all this stuff, but, you know, listening in a way that isn't specifically keying in on detail and frequency response and all the, the rest of the elements, but rather where things might be positioned in physical space. If you were to like close your eyes and actually picture where this stuff might be, um, it's just a different, different mode almost of listening um but I, I will say that for me soundstage depth is almost more important because like again it's the difference between the ananda and the aria the soundstage placement is pretty similar but the depth for the aria is so much more that um it just adds so much more character and like what makes it so much more interesting uh let's see what's the next one. Oh yeah we gotta m Sherm is gonna die if we don't tell him uh if we have impressions of the uh, <laughs> i think we Aurora talked Saudi about that Borealis. yeah we uh, did yeah in, in the
1: flux stream because he actually has one so if you want to watch more content on that after this you can definitely check that out yeah um, um, but again yeah. I, I haven't heard the i haven't heard the production model so i don't know 100% but it's I definitely ha- I haven't either. but as far as i know it's and i think yeah max reviewed it as well um, I believe that there's been an update recently where the headband is breaking on those things. So if it happens for you, they're going to send you a new one. But in the meantime, I'm not sure if they're still building them. I think they're going to try to revise it. Um, so that happened.
0: There's a new, new seatbelt?
1: No. <laughs> or is
0: it, it's the seatbelt that's breaking.
1: No, it's the nitinol. Oh, or the whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they're using nitinol. It looks like it. But something about that is breaking on the headband. Uh, not the suspension strap. I can't imagine if the seatbelts were breaking though. What are people doing to that thing? <laughs> um, so, so that but but sound wise, when I heard it a while ago, I think my impression was basically, yeah, there's a little bit of a six or a seven k peak, but like I don't think I change anything else about the frequency response of it, and it slams like crazy. Um, that's what I thought. I didn't think the resolution was up to 899, but it meant something must have changed because Max thinks it's like a $2,000 detail-wise headphone. But I haven't heard what it sounds like now, so I don't know.
0: Um, I, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, I have a headphone that costs $2,000 right here. And we'll see if it compares <laughs> to this for there detail. we go. We, could, we could, I, No, I, I think this would be more like should be around like 1,500 uh, to 1,700 and compete with its you know competition. But we'll. I'll leave that for my review <laughs> probably tomorrow or monday or something um but uh from for me borealis uh i at least when i heard it at the meet which is again meet conditions and not the best environment which apparently it, it was the like as it, the, nothing about the sound should have changed that's what i was told yeah. it sounded like something that was a little bit more appropriate for the kind of music the kind of music that i like so uh, imagining like closer in tonality to something like a utopia um that's uh, that was kind of my take at the time um hmm. which or like yeah even potentially something similar to this or maybe hd800s without the peaks but maybe it does still have the peaks like metal was saying i, I don't i didn't spend enough time with it um, that's Hard to, talk but I, I to really tell. but i i really liked me. it for for you know when i heard it I, immediately i went wow I, you know this is uh this is something worth taking seriously. This is really good. So um, it if that reaction continues when I get a chance to actually you know sit down and, <laughs> and review it, then I think it probably is worth its price tag. I think if not, you know, uh, maybe potentially a new benchmark for that. What is it? $900. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. I mean, I, all it has to do is even match the tour and it's exactly. Yeah. If you can be, a deal. If,
0: if we get a $900 tour, that is. Yeah. I know I'm happy. yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, it wouldn't have the wood, <laughs> but <laughs> right. Would you, would you rather have a seat or wood? <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Yeah, I don't know how long the warranty that they're offering on that is, but I do know that they're they they are fixing that band, as Max said. And the rods are breaking, apparently. Yeah, that's what's happening. So they're going to revise it.
0: My question yeah. would be uh, about you know the 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 difference as far as the driver's capability between that and the biodynamic of the auteur, you know, like, where does that fall? That's always like my yeah. my question for that stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Someone is saying that they should add grills. Well, I think the whole point of the headphone is to damp the headphone as little as possible so that it has as little as possible in the way of your ear between the driver and your ear. So that's kind of just the way they are. Yeah. Like Max just said there, it's messed with the sound just by adding grills. So they didn't, it's really maxed out in an unusual way for what the driver is
0: but see that's another like important thing i think for when we think about closed back headphones and like where the limitation is it's like not only are you closing off the back you're also adding a ton of damping in there to get the frequency response right and to stop all the you know waves bouncing backwards it's like it should you know stand to reason that you know the the threshold for whether or not they are any good is way lower (laughs) Unless you have yeah. like crazy, you know, like the 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 icon in the Atticus, so, you know, they're <laughs> they're a little bit larger, right? So that might that might help with that a bit. Yeah, they, they
1: have that. a they have a chamber, and I think that Zach was saying with the Verite closed, he's got the largest uh, volume inside there that they could possibly be resonating yeah, with or having a large soundstage with, despite being technically closed. It's like they're, it's like they're giving them some room space. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, and apparently, m- it's also the way. most
0: closed, like it's the most, it's the most, closed. yeah. Closed he doesn't have it
1: vented very much, if at all. Yeah. I'm not sure, he might have added some vents to it. I haven't, I only saw it in person like once or twice, so I don't remember. But yeah, it doesn't have it's not vented like the Atticus and Icon are, those two are mm-hmm. pretty closed, but they're mostly closed, they're not actually full. Closed. My understanding
0: yeah. with the venting on those ones, or at least on the Icon, was that a lot of that was done for uniformity, so you could make sure that all the cups would like. That the reason why there were all the holes there maybe not you know yeah they he probably doesn't open
1: them he doesn't open them all yeah i think he tuned yeah. them individually because yeah. the cups were not you know perfect from one unit to the next because it's yeah. you know handmade so yeah that's what i yeah. remember hearing too
0: um let's see uh where can i buy the cheapest 3.5 millimeter cable for the focal legia i don't know about the cheapest but the probably go with periapt like if they're still sending cables out i don't know like um i would just go with some of the you know basic kind of you know i think they cost like 80 bucks 100 bucks cables are ridiculously expensive because especially the custom ones because you know there's there's no like standard process for making them somebody actually has to make them um
1: yeah, so when, you're, really when you're when bu- exactly. you're unless you're buying like a mass-produced aftermarket cable on Amazon, yeah. which there are a lot of, um, that you'd have to take into account the labor plus you know the the premium connectors people are using. Uh, I know that um, uses Amphenol's. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. right. There's Idolics and Neutrik. It's yep. used a lot yeah. as well. Um, those co- those have quite a premium on them if you look at. I mean, unless you order them in massive quantities, which. Somehow, I doubt this is really possible for some of these smaller guys. I don't know how large their order size is, but those parts cost like if you were to buy a Neutrik on it on, on its own, one of them, it's like a couple of dollars, <laughs> and that's just the connector. So you got to buy. Yeah, another I- connector. idolics are I think even more expensive. Idol- yeah, idolics, yeah. yeah. So it's it, that 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 has to have something. I'm just thinking of like you know profit margin on cables is probably not massive if I had to guess for some of these smaller guys. Um, and as far as I know, Periapt is one of the cheapest for, you know, actually handmade and tested cables. They actually write down the song they tested with. It's hilarious on the certification. The song they tested with and the amp they tested with and the headphones they tested with <laughs> for every single cable. So, like, which is impressive given that price. But anyway, yeah, I haven't tried heart cables, um, but they they have an interesting... Yeah, Max says Neutrik XLRs four dollars a pop. Four dollars, just a connector, one connector, and Idolics are twenty. Oh my God! Yeah, so you can see that. That's that's crazy. Yeah, so Um, that's definitely part of it. But yeah, somebody asked
0: earlier what's your favorite audio quest cable thing? <laughs> is that what tried? somebody asked. <laughs> somebody asked i didn't i didn't uh, I, I couldn't uh, answer because i uh, haven't uh, actually you know yeah i was wondering I you were gotten into that to. stuff that, that makes yeah. sense
1: and <laughs> yeah, no, i have no idea but yeah. apparently well they're um what was it called they had a grounding they had a ground loop isolator a fixer or something that looks like total snake oil but at least when max tried it it fixed a uh it actually did do something and fix the ground loop. It didn't make anything sound godly, but fix fixed the ground the problem loop or something. Fix. Yeah. yeah, so it's not, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about audio quest. They're like the most memed company, I swear. I hate using that word as a verb, but anyway. I've definitely oh. had
0: situations where like... Oh my broke. God,
1: super review. Very funny. <laughs> did you see what, what he just said?
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. I think there's a delay for the chat for me.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it says it says metal. Can you move out of frame so I can screenshot your room and use it as a zoom <laughs> background? Who <laughs> would ever want to use this crappy room as a zoom background? That's oh hilarious. I like that one. That was good. yeah, <laughs> uh, audio quest stuff. Oh my god. It, it's funny because Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, it was iFine not EQ, my bad. But they they both oh, okay. make they both make stuff like that. Um yeah, I was talking with Sean Olive about you know how people absolutely hate my Nighthawk reviews so much because and, and, they probably own it and think it's fine and whatever, which is fine. I never said you're not allowed to own it, and I think I talked about that earlier. But, yeah, they, they get really mad at it, and Sean Olive he went in and he was like, oh, yeah, that thing scored really badly. <laughs> even Second tests. worst or something? It? Yeah, so- but I think, and I think that was the Night Owl. It wasn't even the Nighthawk. Yeah. It's like the night owl was. I think the night owl has a much more normal frequency response. I've only heard. Well, there's also two different sets of
0: pads for the night owl. Well, Well, there's three potential pads, so it it would, you know, depending on which pads you ended up getting, I think would.
1: And it still scored poorly, so I don't. I don't know what that's all about. The LCD two scored very well, which is bizarre. And I asked Sean, like that frequency response is not that good. Why did it score well?
0: it's also a high-end planar with good technicalities like i think that's
1: yeah but we can't we can't i know
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like the question of whether or not they preferred it i don't think can be you know uniquely attributed to its tonality yeah if no there no are I, other no actually
1: and... actually he did attribute it to tonality but in a no i know he way. did i'm just saying that yeah which, which uh... <laughs> is interesting because yeah. I, I think he said that even though there's no bass shelf it's just because the mids are so recessed and relaxed that mm-hmm. it kind of already has a tilt in the Harmon way as it is which is why he thinks people liked it so i don't know anyway <laughs> what were we even talking about oh cables yeah uh, i haven't yeah. tried the hard cables though still so i don't know
0: i i, I want to get into I, I wanted to actually make cables myself and then it turned out that it's just really difficult to get all the parts here like to to bake them at a reasonable cost
1: yeah you don't want to do um, that pretty much max said yeah, in the chat that's max me as well. multiple times like <laughs> yeah. if you if you're thinking about starting a cable company just don't <laughs> Well, I just wanted to make them idea. for
0: myself because, like, oh, that's uh, different. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. some, you know, people on the the community forum. You know, like there's, I, I it know it won't be as cheap
1: as you think too. Like I'm, like no, what I am saying, I'm not. pretty sure the profit margin on those, like, especially for whoa, sorry guys, for periaptus Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not good.
0: That's <laughs> the 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 sounds more normal. Uh, Jesus Christ! I never want to hear
1: it. From <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, somebody owns the night owl here, and I'm saying it sounds more normal. I mean, you can even look at the tile graphs; they look more normal. He yeah, has them comparing. It's me. And actually, it's the... oh man, the night, night Owl is just the night owl over here. Oh, you actually this have one? A, yeah, oh, yeah, mind. I have
0: one. Yeah, this I'm using. This has the the suede pads. I use this actually as an amp tester more than anything else because <laughs> it is ridiculously <laughs> revealing of amps. Um, that, that's... But. Uh, with the suede pads it really sounds easy. also even more normal um oh, okay yeah but uh i think as um uh, andrew from headphones.com mentioned in his video that he did a long time ago he said this is the cilantro of headphones <laughs> i think that's i think that's appropriate <laughs> <laughs> that, that might
1: be the best description ever for <laughs> that yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh I eventually have to try that i don't, I don't know but not, they're not even i don't think they're made anymore they totally no they've, their headphones, I think they yeah. They've discontinued yeah yeah so i don't know
0: but the funny thing is if you compare both so not this with the suede pads but the original tuning of the nighthawk and probably even the night owl to a certain degree uh to um what's the name, of the name? uh west iems there's a similarity there because they're designed oh, really? they're both designed by skylar gray and he i think he had that same approach to oh wow yeah. i didn't know he yeah. was
1: with weston as well that's yeah he was weird. one of the western
0: engineers and like if you listen to weston i am it's like it, it's like base shelf with tons of mids that overshadow everything else um,
1: 800 hertz bass. yeah shelf. yeah
0: yeah yeah that's what the, the weston i am well i don't know about all of them but the ones that i heard at least that's like
1: that's really funny because now that yeah. you mention that that makes a lot of sense i've heard quite a few iems that have way too far no, I am frequency response <laughs> oh my god I thought full-size headphones had some bad frs sometimes but oh, oh yeah, man some of the cheaper I am frequency responses can be really whacked out and
0: although this yeah. guy right here this is the, the starfield from moondrop
1: I want that so badly I think max is actually gonna just it's, give me his after he's it's done it's so, so good
0: for $100 or however much it costs
1: yeah I think it's he it might be the best $100 IEM you can buy like, I think
0: if you compare this to the I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on this versus the uh the Tin Audio T whatever the one T4, is T4
1: I, I I have the T2 and the T4 yeah. and then I'm gonna get the Starfield I think from Max that's gonna be a great review or maybe stream I don't think I'm gonna do reviews anymore it takes too much effort <laughs> Yeah, but that would be yeah i actually already have some thoughts on on iem's i think i talked about last time say did i say thoughts oh my well you're from new jersey yeah north jersey (laughs) i used to have a slightly stronger new york accent right not anymore but anyway now i just say hoogie (laughs) don't get me started Uh, on south jersey and philly but anyway um No, yeah. Actually, I recently got the Etymotics ER4 Mm. XRs in, and that one, this is not really answering any questions in the chat, but while we're on the topic of IEMs, I think that that kind of solved the frequency (laughs) response already for IEMs for the most Mm -hmm. part. It just sounds scarily uncolored, which is really unusual um, for an IEM. However, my only problem with it is it just doesn't sound like it has a lot of resolution. Uh, in the treble, in the mid-treble or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's just too subdued, but, I mean, it sounds fine. It's just the mid-treble is just kind of recessed. But then again, I like the T2's treble, so, with foams, so it's, Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the variance is. Some people are speculating the variance between people on IEMs for frequency response. Um uh, what's it called? Preference versus full size might be further from each other. It might be less. I don't actually know. I thought oh, yeah, that by t- eliminating... We talked the, about that, yeah. We definitely talked about that. I thought that eliminating the pinna from the equation would make it a little bit more uh, even, but I, I don't know. I think that the difference is because
0: the, the... Then there's the canals the, are different too, though. The so canals, man. yeah. And then like the way that it interacts with the canal. Like I went back right. and forth with that one guy on Head 5 for way too long about the CL2. <laughs> and because okay. like i was like how this costs 900 dollars and it's like like how can anybody think this is okay and then i that was before i realized just how all over the map iem tunings can be yeah especially you know for high-end stuff it's like yeah it's pretty pretty uh crazy yeah it's kind that. of
1: funny oh so somebody's asked me what tips i'm using the treble flange because for me the dual flange they do add treble but it sounds like crap. I don't know why, but it just it just creates glare at the mid-treble peak that, that it's created. It doesn't sound as clean. Hmm. So that's why I'm using the triple flange still. So my mini DSP ears feels lonely. <laughs> I, I think they're all the, sort uh... of
0: getting a little bit more lonely these days as uh, people realize. Yeah, realizing, well, I mean, the we are.
1: tried to tell people very early on. I, st- I still see people being like, that hey, ears graph doesn't look right. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's the only reason why we use that thing is because it's it's something that we can use that's better than a flat plate. It's not really very accurate. It's another reason 4. why it's kind K of K sitting K up Hertz. there. It's... Yeah. Oh god. Four point five. I've been
0: I've been messing around with um, using custom uh, compen- like so changing the HPN I've been HGT messing comp- with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can uh, uh, well in this case I've, I've been messing with the HPN compensation because I think it's like a more accurate starting point. Uh, in general, but uh, what I found is like so. You can definitely it, it, you when you're adjusting it, you have to do everything the opposite of what you think would be would make sense. <laughs> so so when you're you know adjusting yeah uh, the the, the uh, oh right level, yeah that makes you sense. always have to yeah. go the opposite yeah. So yeah. at four point five k Hertz, I took it down, uh the the, the peak <laughs> there, and what I what I found well it's not just four point five five it's like everything yeah. with that yeah. Uh, but what I found is that like uh. It, it changes depending on the shape of so with, so if it's a planar that you're that you're measuring on there it's just like totally flat um, it'll it'll change where that uh, four point five k hertz artifact shows up and then if you're using a, a uh, something like the focal headphone with the angled drivers it shows up <laughs> in a completely different spot so you can't just remove the four point five k artifact because that'll then on headphones that that don't have the same uh, angle to the driver. It, it won't show up in the same place where, for those headphones. So you almost have to have like two different or three different compensations for headphones that have different positions to the to the to where the driver sits. And then at that point, it's like, well, how do you even know that that's correct, right? Like, how do you know that the angle of the driver is appropriate for where you put the dip, right? So at no point are you going to get it to be perfect, I think. And you just have to, I think, just say, right. well, 4.5k hertz is pointless. We can't right. really Right. So the problem with that.
1: the ear is, is, is not just that it has weird resonances like that but it also is different for every headphone than uh like a gross would be for yeah. those headphones like headphones with drivers further away are darker headphones with drivers closer are brighter i think i've found iem's yeah. are totally wrong because the canal Completely. is just a cylinder <laughs> which yeah. is no nothing like a human yeah so all right yeah, anyway and-
0: everything is also shifted down or sorry, shifted.
1: The, right. Actually, shifted what, what I find well, is the it, peaks are shifted depending on how far out you go. I think it's like, yeah, if you're, so I think that the system is sort of accurate up to about one or two K. And then after that, uh, it's everything, all the peaks actually start being shifted by about one K starting at around yeah. two or three K. And then all the peaks further up are about two K shifted from where they should be. Like, I think, yeah. You see, what is it? like? I think it's 8K peaks all the time. And those mm-hmm. are all 10K and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's way off. And and um, someone just said, try the compensation from SBaf. Well, see, the whole thing is you can't compensate it because it changes from headphone to headphone what the compensation is supposed to be. Yeah, um, so that's that's that's, that's the what problem I was talking with about. Yeah, with yeah.
0: The, even if you use the... I originally did try to... That's where I got the idea from to try and change the compensation was just yeah. to try and use the SBaf one. But the problem... You still run into that same problem where it's going to vary depending on the, the headphone itself, depending on physical characteristics of the headphone and yeah, how the driver I think, interacts. I
1: think, the mad, I think Mad Economist wrote up some really great stuff. Uh, he's the guy who runs, uh, what's it called, Cascadia Audio, but he's got some great, he's got some actual head and torso simulators. And he ran a, b- a whole bunch of tests and he showed how n- there's not an HRTF, but... He invented a new term I think it's called, like, headphone-related transfer function. Yeah. (laughs) Because each headphone had a different variance from how it would measure on a cross. And that's the problem. So, And I think he actually put that on uh, the headphone forum. So if somebody reminds me later, I'll have to link that because it's a really good read. This guy knows everything there is to know about measurements. It's shocking. He's read, like, all the papers and stuff. He's been... him and oratory are like the people i go to for the audio science because they've actually read everything and so you shouldn't go to me you should go to them someone is okay so i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna have to address this someone's like did um did i wrong no theme reviews or something no (laughs) i've never actually talked to the guy it's just i don't know where all that stuff came from but i Of course, of course, I've seen the videos, but I've never actually talked to the guy.
0: You've uh, been given a critical review for something that he liked. Maybe he liked the Amaron or something. I guess.
1: No, I I think he had a bad (laughs) he had a bad experience with Odyssey. I believe what happened. Uh. Um, I think he tried to buy. uh, I don't know. I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen that many of his videos, just parts of them. But I think he tried to buy vegan suede pads or something like that. uh, Back when Odyssey was still making those for an M1060, and they asked for the serial number of the Odyssey. And he was like, you shouldn't need that. And I can, like, that's, that's a valid concern. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I, I actually have joked about, why don't we get him on here? <laughs> it's like I was battling something. I, out. I'd oh, be game. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun honestly if if he just wants to throw questions at me about all this stuff then yeah we'll explain either of our sides i'm okay with that actually because i don't i, um, I wish Shankar
0: on here and quash
1: we already have that kind of planned um we do want to get somebody actually did ask that question earlier as well i saw that can we get shankar or some of the other ceos on here yeah, i believe he that that's actually i believe so. that that's part of resolves goals actually um to yeah, do that. So, and of if course we do this we, yeah.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be like soon, it would be in the next <laughs> right. uh, you know,
1: like a couple weeks. couple, couple yeah, weeks, yeah yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah, I have nothing to do with no theme reviews in terms of he's never really talked to me about any of this stuff. I don't know what the I don't know what it, the point it, was.
0: At the very least it should be a little bit flattering though. That, I mean, you've you know. It's
1: I know it's funny like I, I somebody <laughs> asked me about it on Twitter and they were like Hey, this guy doesn't like you, and I'm like, well, I mean, I could respond, but what am I gonna say that's gonna change someone's mind yeah. who's had such a negative experience with a brand? I, it doesn't matter what the brand is. Like, I can understand that. Like, if you've had really negative experiences with the CS, then that's customer support, not Counter Strike, you guys. And uh, and, <laughs> and then, then yeah, uh, I had a negative
0: experience. You know, that's I, everyone's like, had a <laughs> negative
1: experience with Counter Strike. That's that's a little different. anyway okay so hopefully that answers some questions about the guy yeah i don't i don't really care what he does he can do whatever he wants but because you know it's youtube it's the world but yeah i i don't know where it came from
0: (laughs) all right here we go uh resolve do you think that a Doug Demuro style multi-dimensional score system <laughs> to work for headphone reviews. I don't even know what that is. Some guys,
1: <laughs> some people may not know this, but I am a massive car nerd, so that's why I'm laughing so hard at that. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, is it a is it a like a review channel? Yeah, me? yeah. He's oh, like okay. the
1: car reviewer pretty okay. much. Yeah, and and he starts. He he does like a. He calls it the Doug Score. <laughs> I'll have to look <laughs> Doug, into this. At the multi-dimensional beginning. score. I, I mean. <laughs> oh yeah yeah he shows some spreadsheets at the end so that'll that'll help you understand what i think he's talking yeah, about so,
0: so i actually have a scoring system that i that i use on my written reviews um and uh yeah. so i do i i don't know about multi-dimensional but i generally weight things like like i'll i'll do like you know a score out a 10 for build design and comfort a score out of 10 for detail retrieval speed and dynamics stage and imaging timbre and a score at a 10 for frequency response and tonality um so i do and, and then i do end up um i haven't i don't have them weighted differently although i'm looking into that like i'm considering it whether or not you know i should weight that like maybe maybe i should weight timbre less than you know or maybe i should weight soundstage lower than um you know Maybe for his response and of those lower. Yeah, I mean yeah. that that's
1: kind of subjective though. Yeah, so exactly it's right. kind of so. make a video explaining that. Exactly. Probably. Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, I am going to be uh, introducing those into my video reviews as well. And um, so we're going to do um, yeah, we'll have, we'll have a scoring system. Um the 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 challenge with that as well though is like you where do you start? Do you do you start as like is is appropriate for its price 5 out of 10? I, like I I don't know you know or or is that nine out of ten right yeah is, like no, where th- is the the way know.
1: the way Doug does it I think he has um he's got different categories and he's got them kind of subdivided he's got like weekend score enjoyment of the car and then he's got like <laughs> daily score like you know a Camry with a like hundred versus a Ferrari we get a hundred on the other side that sort of thing all right I'll have to, um, I'll have to give it a watch it's, it's actually it's yeah. kind of it's kind of well thought out and what he does is he. Gives all it, it categories within those two sides a uh, score out of 10, I think it is. And he adds them up. And then they come up with an ultimate score out of 100, something like that, I think is what he's doing, which is interesting. So, yeah, yeah. as, as much as, as funny as that was of a question, that's probably worth looking at. Uh, the last thing
0: I want is to be doing, you know, scores in ways where the scores themselves don't matter. Um, where the <laughs> yeah. numbers, like there are places, I don't, again, I won't name them, but there are, you know review sites where it's like they have scores and it's like what's the point of this there's no like everything gets like 9.5 out of 10 i don't like what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to do with that information um but uh actually okay so i want to so that leads me into i I have a question for you specifically um but uh before getting into it i just wanted to uh see or get your take on dried plums question here what is headphone speed
1: Oh, that's a good one. I don't really like that term. <laughs>
0: I don't either. Because we could speed could be detail. Like we could be you know, relating right. this to detail
1: in a way, but So yeah. I used to so what I think I used to use it for was resonances, like, oh man. Probably the most obvious one is the K two seventy one has a really weird not the three seventy one, the two seventy one has a really weird cuppy sound to it. And, you know, when you take out the driver you actually notice it's just plastic behind it. There's nothing else. <laughs> So I used to think it was very, very, I called that very slow in the mids because that's what would happen. It would vibrate the cup and the cup would resonate. Um, But now speed seems kind of like decay, I guess, to me, like a really slow headphone. I think in the treble, in my opinion, would probably be like something that has a lot of glare, meaning like you can EQ it down, but it still tries to, you know, keep coming forward, coming for you whenever that area is excited. The Alex has a little bit of glare there, I think, in the mid treble, not just a peak. Uh, so it's a little bit slower, I think, than the clear up in the at the treble. I guess that, but that's See, it, it's like you have to define it differently per frequency response category almost. Um, it's
0: comparing kind of weird. dynamic drivers to planars, I always find find planars sound like they're faster, like they're tighter. Yeah. like everything sounds tighter on a planar. Now I always that's what I always associated with speed, like you know initial leading edge and then also decay but then it, some of that gets into this weird time domain stuff where it's like is that even something that we're measuring independently of frequency response and i am starting to think that a lot of this is is could be impacted so significantly by tonality even if it is some new information it's like again the hd820 there is a good example of this because it wait, yeah it? yeah it is where um you know, it, the driver itself is probably fairly fast, It's especially if you listen to the HD800S. But then you hear it in, implemented in that headphone, and it doesn't sound anywhere near that same tightness, right? That same kind of snappy quality that you might have associated with a planar or something else. And the reason for that is because of the crazy bass shelf that intrudes up past 200, 200 hertz. <laughs> so yeah you know it's like what none of it sounds particularly tight but that's so much more related to its tonality than what the driver is actually physically doing um so in, in any case yeah i'm also like at a bit of a loss that's why I, I i wanted to get your take because i used to have that sense of like speed is the control and that you know what distinguishes a planar in certain ways and now it's like i don't really know what like how i would define that
1: I don't know. Um, Details made up anyway. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah. don't like the question about timbre. Like, it's kind of funny. I, I, I. But I don't know. Maybe it's just because electronic music, especially, mm. which is what I listen to do a lot of, there's no realistic nature right. of how an instrument sounds in that. So it doesn't really matter there. So I think it depends.
0: No EDM in the wild. Like,
1: I guess. Yeah. No. <laughs> But it is fascinating to hear. The reason why electronic music is so interesting for me, especially reviewing, is because um, you're giving the headphone driver an artificial signal, and that artificial signal is could be potentially very unrealistic and ideal. And so listening to how a driver reacts to something like, you know, a sawtooth wave or something is very interesting because it's like you're combining a theoretical signal with how the real world... Um, it's really just you're measuring headphones while you see electronic music as like mm-hmm. all of those instruments are all artificial and it's very hard to reproduce them with a physical driver. I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of why it's interesting to me. I don't know if I've said that before, but that's it, see, what that's makes it pretty interesting. Yeah,
0: to me, the 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 timbre question is more obvious in like like I can definitely hear a, a in most cases. A planar is distinct from a dynamic. Like in blind listening, blind blind testing, I would be able to distinguish. Not also because they're ridiculously heavy in the case of some of the, you know, planars out there, but, but in yeah, general right. I I can I can probably tell the difference between, you know, a planar and a dynamic. I don't think that like there are other qualities that you would might also be able to tell the difference, but I think there is a timbre difference there generally, especially some of the um like if you compare it to like a An icon or something like that or an aeolus if you compare that to uh you know Hyphem and aria there is a timbre difference there that i think is tangible uh but i i almost notice it more in iem's when comparing balanced armature iem's (laughs) to dynamic driver iem's like to me that especially some of the bad ones (laughs) like the bad multi bas like using the -the off-the-shelf knolls bas um it there are some where it obscures detail like it actually intrudes um on the detail like i think the worst one that i've heard for timbre is probably the campfire i actually have one here somewhere oh it's over there <laughs>
1: um not only does it have a really ridiculous peak i haven't actually heard it but looking at the graphs i don't know if i want to it's
0: uh <laughs> yeah like it's uh it's it, it, well it, it also it feels like i like the treble i think the treble is fantastic for that one. Oh, really okay um yeah yeah the, like the 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 treble balance like for the frequency there i think is, is great but uh there's like a chunk they're missing between like two and three k hertz and that causes the really weird kind of you know bump before that and then after as well um it's, it's like it's like a perfect U that's like it's cut out of that headphone uh or that IEM so it just it looks really weird in the frequency response yeah that's but that's, yeah. um but to me the bigger issue with that IEM is the timbre is that it just it has that sort of metallic kind of s- smearing thing going on um and I find that yeah. that is more obvious in IEMs than it is planar versus dynamic you know versus e-stat in well maybe e I think you could probably pick an estat from a dynamic driver headphone but I, potentially I, yeah. also from other reasons like detail and and whatnot so I don't yeah,
1: know I I think so Oh some really good questions coming around here I, I always forget that um I always forget that that the IEMs and BA and DD that's a really good example definitely I just I haven't gotten into IEMs I'm just starting to really uh, for better or for worse but <laughs> That's probably the best example of. of I think I, rem- I remember.
0: I remember uh, Somebody asked you that a long time ago, and you said, "Well, whenever I'm out on the go, I listen to music in my car."
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, it's fair enough. Realistically, if I'm out somewhere, it's either to already be hanging out with friends where you know I'm not going to listen to music, or if yeah. I'm, you know, running an errand, then I've got the Infinity with the high-end Bose system. Yeah, maximum bass.
0: <laughs> you got to get those uh, focal. Uh, car audio <laughs>
1: yeah i don't think seriously they, they uh, actually do um they
0: do i didn't know that i learned that when i was in New I said
1: York, in french I cars i can't remember that uh, the Citroen. i think they have the, i don't the... remember which brands but yeah they do have some car systems I forgot yeah. about that yeah
0: um anyway see uh, oh i wanted to ask you a question um do you think is, is this is related to what we we're just talking about is there a certain category or categories that headphone reviewers Value too highly, um, hmm. and is there are there categories that are valued not highly enough? What would you say those would be? Wow, that's... categories as in like you know stuff like soundstage or whatever, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's difficult. I mean, I think it totally depends on the reviewer, really. I th- I know that I, if I use myself as an example, I definitely value resolution maybe more than I should because and people were even saying this earlier in the chat. There's not that many people who actually EQ things a lot, so like something is really detailed, but it's really off. <laughs> is that really a good headphone or not? And that's that's more of a subjective, uh, more of a subjective question. But I think it depends on the reviewer completely. I think that everything's okay as long as the reviewer has a video, which I don't, uh, explaining <laughs> what they're. They, they value and what they don't value and what their, you know, reference frequency response is. But if I had to take for an example of that, but in general, I, I don't know if I can generalize, maybe you have a different answer, but um, I like that well, question. That's kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: To me it, it is, it comes down to, I think, you know, the, the question of whether or not somebody EQs because like, so from a, like as from a reviewer perspective, um, if there's a headphone, again, maybe something like the HD820, which it does not have a very good tonality um, without EQ. Like it just, if you just listen to it out of the box, it has a really weird sound to it. Um, you know, I, I have to kind of uh, like recognize that 90% of the people who listen to that headphone, maybe even higher, aren't going to EQ it. Even though you know, maybe I find that I'm able to EQ it and actually get it to sound pretty good. 90% of the people out there who are watching the video aren't going to do that. So, reviewing it based solely on whether or not it sounds good with EQ, I don't know if I could really do that. Um, I think even, like, Max says he doesn't
1: EQ not Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't yeah. EQ at all. So, I'm definitely yeah. the most guilty in that one, being like, yeah, this sounds good, but you have to EQ it. But that's yeah, okay, right. because everybody yeah. does that. And yeah, it's, that's that's yeah. not really But true that either. might
0: be... <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking about this in a, in a way where I think it might be a loophole to try and uh you know, uh not a loophole, but like um f- find the value in something that would otherwise not be uh, worthwhile.
1: Yeah, you listen to it and you're like, what is this crap? And then you put it back. But really it's possible for it to be decent. <laughs> I think some people have that reaction to the L C D too. A lot of people do actually I
0: have that reaction to the H <laughs> D eight hundred. Oh my think, God. You I don't... just think no like <laughs> Yeah,
1: I know. As someone who's owned that for a long time now, it's yeah, no. If I turn off the EQ, I'm like, oh god, let me turn that <laughs> completely <laughs> off. I don't want that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, here's
0: a part of that question. Somebody asks, uh, metal, would you recommend the K seven twelve without yeah. EQ? Right.
1: That one is uh. So it, I, again, it, it depends. Uh, the seven twelve is a really weird frequency response. Um, I I kind of like to refer to it as probably the best uh, flavor headphone of the AKG open back line of that. Um, uh, you know, it does have, I remember it having better detail than like the 701 and the 702, but because the frequency response is so bizarre, it's, I don't know. It, 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 but it totally depends because people listening to things like, I don't know why, but something about the way the mids are tuned on those, open back AKG sounds really good with piano and classical. I don't know why, but it doesn't sound realistic, <laughs> but it sounds... I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> but that's just me. Maybe I'm going crazy, but without EQ, its I think people could enjoy it, yes. But it's very important to note that those headphones really do have some fairly significant deviations, even from diffuse field, which I believe is what they were targeting in the first place. So... I don't know if I've answered yes or no on that. It's kind of, it depends. (laughs) It's tough.
0: Uh, Someone uh, says, uh, I couldn't, I can't bring myself to EQ a $2,000 headphone. I've actually had a lot of comments like that as well on videos where I do post EQ profiles. And I think, like, to myself, I think, well, why not? Like, I I get not EQing it. I think there are very good reasons not to EQ something and also to prefer something that you don't have to EQ. Right? Those are two different things. But if you own a $2,000 headphone and you realize maybe I can get this to sound a bit better by doing EQ, I, I would say, why wouldn't you? You know?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't think this probably goes back on what I've done before with the HD 800. Hey, you can fix it. But I don't like fixing headphones really so much as you know maybe there's a couple little things that are off and they bug me enough that I wouldn't want to listen to it without the EQ. Uh, I could probably tolerate it maybe, but... Why not? I mean, if you're mm-hmm. just improving it, but yeah. yeah, then, then if you go too far with five or like 10 dB cuts or, or boosts, yeah. then, then it's like, yeah. I, maybe there really is something, uh, not, that's better. But or I think narrow, one of the problems, band. yeah, one of the problems for me is I'm, I'm, it's funny because Max and I are both frequency response snobs. Definitely. Um, but I'm a different kind of snob and that, like, I'll EQ everything to fix it as much as possible, no matter how much it costs or whatever. And before, I kept I kept hearing lots of headphones, and I'm like, I don't like this because there's this here and whatever, and then this here. And I felt like I was, I was just throwing away a bunch of headphones that had other qualities that were really good, and I was just dismissing them completely. So that's one of the reasons why I started doing it. I mean, I've always been EQing things since I was a kid, like, man what, yeah. what was that program called cool edit pro or something stupid i actually had <laughs> a long time ago just played around with that constantly and i always i was always a gamer so i had you know lots of sound cards that had EQs, and i would pl- apply them on every headphone and everything it's just yeah so then i stopped because i was like okay there's got to be a headphone that just sounds good no <laughs> it didn't even that didn't <laughs> it even work that didn't even work for me
0: so yeah uh, but yeah, yeah. So, Someone says, I didn't EQ until I got the DT 1990. I think that's, <laughs> that like, that says it all, right? It's like, that's perfect. Like, that's I, a good headphone yeah, with, with EQ, right? Like, <laughs> it's not
1: bad, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's subjective, I think, still. Yeah. Uh, all right. So,
0: what's next here? I'll let you pick the next one. I'm, oh, no. I have to, I've, I got to back up because I'm sure I
1: missed a bunch. Somebody uh, still said that's different than having it to EQ it to fix it. Well, <laughs> That's another problem. I'm way too picky. Every single <laughs> headphone I have, I can always improve somewhere with EQ. No ZMF headphone needs an EQ in the way of the A20. <laughs> that, is, that is a good point. I don't think it needs it to that degree either. That That is a good well, point.
0: Well, the other side of it though, is that with a lot of, with uh, especially the higher end ZMF headphones, nobody's measured it on a, a industry standard rig. So we don't actually know you know, like we could hear certain issues and be like, okay, I maybe want a little bit more here, maybe you want a little bit less there. We don't th- actually know hundred think... percent.
1: I think Zach actually posted some measurements. Oh, did he? From, oh, that would be. Uh, I think it's marked audio precision or something. I
0: need to look into that it, because I, uh... I,
1: I forget exactly where. I think they're on the ZMF site somewhere, and they came out with the Verite closed because he wanted to compare it to the open. Mm. So those are pretty interesting. But yeah, it's still hard to find ZMF uh, graphs though. In general, they're they're tough to find.
0: Yeah, so like I, I almost feel like while it might not require the same amount of EQ as like an HD800, uh, in fact, it probably doesn't require even close to that. And I, <laughs> I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't. Uh, it. I also like I don't really know where to. I uh, yeah, like like I said before, like w- with my Verite, I've, I've owned it now for almost like a year. I can't remember when I bought it, but I've owned it for a long time, and I my EQ profile always changes for it because I don't have the reference point. Um, although maybe now I will, but in general I do EQ uh, like three to five k Hertz up. So you by... do generally
1: EQ the yeah. Verite when you're listening to it. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, I have it, and but a lot of that is it's just from just by ear, right? Because I can't trust right. my measurement rig on that. Like I, I boost three to five k yeah. Hertz by a bit. Um, it's it's actually it's one of the most fascinating uh, tonalities with the way that it has the cut because the cut it's short but it's also extreme. It's not a gradual like you know. Yeah, kind of you know curve there it's it's more like okay this specific thing is removed and it reminds me a little bit of like what happens with a comb filter um but then when you're trying to eq you can't you can't use those super narrow peaks to bring it back because then you introduce a whole bunch more um issues that like you hear splash and shimmer for symbols that you just didn't want right Um, so and then i think there's also I actually add a little bit of air uh, for it as well above the it 10K. seems
1: I was gonna say that's that the way I perceive that headphone which is you know giving my preferences, makes sense I don't know whenever I'm using it with the stock Lampskin Verite pads it just sounds like it's got a 5k peak and the air is kind of dead sounding for something like that now I don't think the reason why and uh, that was a pretty negative first impression, but I think that from what you're saying there, it's probably got all the resolution. It's just, you know, probably all hiding because of the weird the weird frequency mm-hmm. response and some of the trouble there. So, so that's
0: my, my hope with the uh, Suede, verte Suede pads. Yeah. Oh, did, did um, you
1: buy those? Because I said they were pretty good because they definitely... Well, you were talking about amazing.
0: the Verte closed. And then no, no, I know Android... Uh, no, I, I was
1: also talking about... Oh, were you? Okay. Actually, uh, one of the guys on uh, on Headfire went to a local Bloom He The reason the pads he used was suede Verite pads as well. Perf suede mm-hmm. Verite pads. And I tried those yeah. and I was like, whoa, this is way better. <laughs> Whoever used the lambskin pads. But supposedly, because... Zach told him that it rolls off the base too much or something. I don't know. I wasn't hearing that. But yeah, With... so I, I agree anyway.
0: With the... Uh... Uh, Verite oh man there's too many pads with the regular Verite (laughs) Verite pads what I like about them is that a lot more of the technicalities come through like you when I was comparing actually the Verite with the Utopia um, Hmm. I I felt it was closer when I was using the regular Verite pads as far as like detail and all that stuff Um, but uh, yeah so uh, he did actually send me like a while ago these uh suede universe pads which it the tonality overall with the suede universe pads was uh i found quite a bit more at least for my preference quite a bit more agreeable in the treble but then at the same time it lost a little bit of the technicality uh you know comparing it with the utopia compared to the the regular verite pads and i think that the reason for that wait this is this is the wrong pad what am i doing these are the right pads different suede pads (laughs) um I think that the reason for that is because of the distance, the physical distance that the uh, universe pad imparts because it's thicker, right? And you get the same, at least for me, I I got the same experience when using the universe solid pads or the leather lambskin uh, universe pads as well, where it increased the soundstage, but I, I felt like it lost just a tiny little bit of, of, of detail or of, um,
1: that's yeah, generally before, been my experience with the, um, the closed backs, at least, definitely. Like, for yeah. some reason, even on, on the Atticus, every time I would go back to anything using LAM, it was just created a bunch of glare and peaks and not just didn't sound that great. I think the suede might have been slightly brighter. I mean, all the headphones react slightly differently, but I think that suede's sound a little bit, actually maybe quite a bit more... Uh, resolution wise better resolution wise but mm-hmm. it depends on if you like their frequency response change so it's like it's <laughs> so yeah it, it's it's hard and apparently there's another pad now what is it the um the, the hybrids right i think you mentioned the that B,
0: well there's the high hy- yeah there's so many new pads. hybrid the Be2, Verites, B, BT, yeah that's another one yeah there's there's the hybrid ones where it's like lambskin and then there's this kind of material on the top yeah um that also looks interesting but I'm hopeful to do, like, a, a full, you know, pad comparison Verite video uh, in the near future. Yeah, uh, But again, it's, like, I, I can't trust my rigs, the measurements on my rig with that stuff. like Right. I, and Android did post, like, all of uh, um, the pad measurements on the, the headphone forum. And, uh, you know, so if you guys want to see what, what all the different measurements are, how they compare to one another... At, at least you can see how they compare to one another on that rig, but I don't think that that's an accurate representation of the way that it would sound. Um, just because it's yeah. not a very, yeah, it's the rig's fault, not yeah. <laughs> anything else. Yeah. So
1: we're not using ears to misrepresent graphs on purpose. We just don't yeah. have a gross 5128 because it's kind of expensive, you know. Like 45 grand? <laughs> yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. So. Well, actually, I just was talking to uh, Matt Economist recently about that kind of stuff and i it, it's a that is its own rabbit hole to go down man like that's like oh, yeah. figuring out like there's people who are really into the measurement stuff and even just some of the people i was talking to um you know earlier it's like there's uh, there's people who are i didn't even realize this but there's people who are using it just for regular recording testing purposes to you know re- just test record oh, yeah. noise for no like there's nothing that they're doing with it it's just they want to know what it's like <laughs> what it measures like and it's like okay that's, yeah
1: uh, i know that ratings actually so ratings is using essentially tiles not tiles actual hats but the same model in 43 80. ag isn't it 43 is that what it is okay so this is oh uh, maybe you know better than me because you were just talking to Matt about that <laughs> well I,
0: I don't actually know that i don't know what they're using right now but um what uh just from seeing that recent tweet from sean Olive, of it sounds like the variance that you would get from what would ideally be a more precise system above 8k hertz uh it's it sounds like um any variance in positioning would have a greater effect on those frequencies than the than whether or not it's more precise or less precise so it, in some ways getting this the thing that is more more accurate above 8k hertz doesn't matter as much because we're always putting. If we're measuring different headphones, we're always going to be positioning them slightly different, uh, anyways. So um, it it's it's something yeah. where I feel like the, there's no real conclusion or consensus yet as to what the best system is, other than, of course, the five one two eight, which
1: which is the newest. Is uh, the, yeah, let's just throw away the standards and you know start yeah. over kind of system. Jude made a good. It yeah. wasn't Jude's video. It was uh and no, made a video, yeah. right, with Jude explaining that, and he was talking to me about that at Can Jam too. It's fascinating what they did, the level to which they went to try to emulate the ear even further, uh, was pretty crazy. But generally, the funny thing is that, you know, if you think the ears is bad, um, it is, and it is, there is no one hats that has zero mm-hmm. headphone related transfer function. It would seem like one mm-hmm. headphone to the next still. May or may not match your your uh, your preference, and actually that's a big reason why. And I was going to mention this in the EQ section earlier. Um, I am such a proponent of using your music to generate essentially your EQ profile. Don't you can use a graph as a guide, sort of like a rough guide of how much to boost where and how to cut. But there's so much understanding that. Most people don't have, not even me, 100%. Because you know, I can't know what every rig is measures like with which headphone. There's still variation there where the peaks may show up in the graph, and you may not hear them that way. So, mm-hmm. it's much better to use a combination of, you know, sweeping a sine wave, um, like a sine wave generator, and hearing where you hear the peaks and dips. Now, don't EQ it so that. Yeah, that's another complicated part. Don't EQ it so that all of your sine wave on your head sounds the same volume. That's apparently also wrong. Yeah. Um, but if you hear relative peaks that show up very prominently, or relative dips that show up very obviously, um, those may be some areas to target uh, in the EQ. But use your ears. I, Oratory likes to generate uh, his profiles. I think he need I, contrary to popular belief, and I asked him about this. He doesn't just measure it and then create the EQ based on the measurement apparently he does listen and that's why he has sometimes he goes through a couple of revisions um but anyway i i just i i try to use not that many filters in general and i use my music as a guide so that it just sounds good to me it's not perfect at all it's not as precise as oratory and his eqs but everyone has a slightly different preference so that's my approach there
0: i liked um i'm sure you've read it but uh, i think it was bobcat's article about how you know if you want to get a uh, like recognizing that everything is mastered slightly differently or has different microphones or whatever in the music that you have um you know find 10 recordings that are good that you know are good and then eq using those 10 recordings or like uh, well, he was using it to determine whether or not a headphone is going to sound good for those 10 recordings, then it's probably going to be a decent headphone. Um, but having that same set of recordings, and then, you know, if you hear something, there, there's a, a peak there in multiple different recordings, because, like, there's always a chance that the recording itself could just be the issue. Um, like, I've, I have some tracks where it's like the recording is, like, something might sound great on, you know, the... Sundara, uh, but then there are definitely recordings where it sounds not particularly good but that's the fault of the recording not the headphones so uh,
1: yeah or you just own headphones that make bad recordings sound good and other th- <laughs> then ones that make good recordings sound really good yeah it's kind of i think how well, a headphone collection should take shape at least at the beginning yeah. too because there's going to be a lot of it's going to be I mean, it's funny even with the lcd2 surprisingly there's some recordings that just sound so much worse and it's i keep thinking no, it's the headphones still not you know grain free enough to reveal that and then i go to a good one and i'm like oh never mind wait a minute it's yeah it's weird so you, you gotta have like a fun headphone at some point i mean yeah. if you want to if you're if you're not listening to perfect music all the time like resolve does no. I'm just <laughs> well, actually it's good ZMF, to have ZMF different ZMF ones headphones a i good, find a good one for that they, yeah that's true yeah
0: uh, they tend to make bad recordings sound fine and good recordings sound even better. I think yeah, that's, pretty
1: much. You know. they definitely have sort of a magic there. That yeah, uh, it's not that many headphones have. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's probably part of it. Now, Tamra yeah. does matter. Going off what I was saying earlier, I don't <laughs> like to. I don't like to dabble as much in trying to describe that. But you know, I think that you know it's a somewhat reasonable expectation that you know a piano should kind of sound like a piano <laughs> unless yeah. you're intentionally trying to color it and that's uh that's a lot of it right there oh
0: man piano recordings though like
1: i've I, that's such a such revealing a... thing to use. yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah uh, and then the see. recordings yeah oh my god i have some ones. yeah i guess some piano recordings square
0: to... that's like super muffled and muted sounding yeah. piano and it's like it doesn't matter like i have headphones that like if i were to eq based on that piano recording it would boost three 5k <laughs> hertz way too much um just be shrill, but yeah. uh, I guess we can we can move on here. Uh, anyway, uh, here's yeah. a question for you: uh, Of ZMF closed back, wait, of the ZMF closebacks, aside from the Verite closed, which do you prefer more without EQ? I think I, I know the answer to this, but I'll let you answer.
1: Honestly, um, neither one of them. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's funny that, that my experience with the Atticus was pretty unique um, because, and maybe it's not crazy, but when I reviewed it, it was the cherry, and then when the one I ordered for myself was the camphor, and for some reason the camphor one definitely did not sound as good in resolution in the highs. It sounded more glary, and it might just be because the softer woods have a different a different decay characteristic as well. But the problem I had with the cherry was that... The um the bass was did not have almost any impact. I don't know why. I don't know if it was that unit or what. But so you know, both of them I wanted the EQ because generally the Atticus does have a quite a large peak. I don't see people talk about this very much. It's quite a significant peak at like 11k. It's pretty piercing actually. The mids are really smooth, but the treble is just piercing. Depending on what you're listening to, um so. And then the icon is very mid forward for me. And I, I was listening to the, the, it's pronounced paddock. Somebody says, of, there's too many, there's a lot of weird pronunciations for that wood, but the red one, the like mm-hmm. reddish one, and that's a very hard wood. Um, and so that could have been also accentuating mm-hmm. the issues I had with it, which was the upper mid sounded annoyingly harsh, and yet I think Flux had a camphor icon, which was not nearly as harsh um, because it's slightly softer wood. So, like, it's 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 difficult. You know, I don't think I would take either one with no EQ. I don't know if would so, probably be mad about that, but sorry. that's. Well, you, you could <laughs> switch don't... the
0: pads, I'm sure, and you know, yeah. find some way of tweaking it, maybe. And
1: What I ended up doing was I ended up with the Aura Suede with the Atticus, and... Um, that made the detail better, but I still needed to EQ the trouble down a lot, at like 11k or something like that. That's how I ran them a lot of the time. Now the soundstage was incredibly awesome um, until obviously you encounter like things like the Stelia and Verite closed. <laughs> but for a close back at that time that I'd heard, it was ridiculous, especially in like I think it was 2017 when I reviewed those.
0: But I mean, for the wood differences in general, the yeah, it's, wood it's that's, seen... that's more dense would have It would change the damping factor, right? It
1: seems like you know. It's weird because, like, classically, when Zach would send me review units, um, he would always use the hardest wood possible because he knows I like detail. And then, for some Mm -hmm. reason, I from my experience with the Icon and Atticus, it seems like the opposite is not what I'm preferring. I want the softer woods. It's just getting older. But the dynamics. (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. But the dynamics of them is is much worse on the softer woods. I have no idea. The answer is I need to go to like Illinois and <laughs> listen to every wood, every pad, every model. It's very hard for him to give me all of that stuff, so On anyway, Glen OTLs. I'm not sure yeah, right. On <laughs> on every amp, yeah, it's just so many combinations. It's yeah. Yeah. So, I, but the short answer is, yeah, I don't think I would take an Icon or an Atticus without EQ. What I actually switched to using at the office was the Mobius. Hilariously enough, um, I was using the 371, which I'm wearing now. But... This is
0: another inspiration for another video from No Theme Reviews.
1: Yeah, here it comes. No, he already did one on the Mobius. Oh, right. That okay. I saw. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. "This is the best." And then you start the video, and it's like, "It's the best at being the worst headphone." <laughs> <laughs> it, it was great. I actually, he actually clickbaited me on that one. That worked that's pretty funny but anyway no that's um that's what I ended up using
0: see for me uh, the answer to that question would be the icon with the uh well
1: icon definitely seems like it would be uh, yeah the most accurate maybe yeah Yeah. Atticus is kind of weird yeah Uh,
0: but you know not having spent anywhere near enough time to actually give a proper assessment of that um I only heard the icon once so (laughs) it sounded fine to me um let's see we should probably do just like a few more here because it's coming up on like
1: yeah, yeah we'll two, hours on two hours almost <laughs> uh, I'll let you
0: pick yeah the next uh
1: that's not that's not too bad um let's see Aeon flow versus LCD GX <laughs> that's a weird question you mean the open versus the LCD GX yeah the, you know I again I only heard the Aeon flow 2 open once and it sounded like it had a lot of trouble I don't know why it does have um, a lot of
0: trouble well the closed uh, does as
1: well the closed was not as much definitely not as much for some reason the open sounded like it was throwing a ton of air at me for no reason as well which is weird i don't oh, know sorry that, you're talking
0: Aeon two
1: Aeon two open oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that one's bizarre so the gx i think I, I don't know about sound station dynamics i haven't reviewed that generally speaking the DCA stuff, as it's known now, is not very dynamic, but that doesn't seem to bother uh, their users. Um, the resolution-wise on the Aeon 2 closed is really, really good. Um, the Elysia that I had, that Resolve and I will always battle over this probably at this point, the Elysia <laughs> I had was just not that impressive for 899 but we've already had this discussion where closebacks are disappointing anyway, so... I want to, like, have you that. here and I
0: can just, like, put this <laughs> on with my EQ profile and then see <laughs> <on
1: you. laughs> I need to listen to your unit, probably, on the yeah, amp yeah. or whatever it is, because it's... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, people have asked me this a bunch of times. LCD one versus Sundara. Yeah, if you have an amp, which I think most people in the chat do, absolutely the Sandara. Sandara is actually not easy to drive. Uh, they, they, it's funny because it kind of pulls you in with the 32 ohms, but it's, mm-hmm. like, I think 94 dB per milliwatt, which is very low. So it's it's kind of crazy. So you definitely need that, and then but the the flip side of that is LCD one is very very efficient. But the problem is, it's such a low impedance that to, depending on what you plug it into, it could be a problem to drive it still because the damping factor is going to reduce the um, is going to reduce the volume a lot on it. Because it's like sixteen ohms, I think. They told me thirteen point five when I reviewed it, and then they posted it as sixteen ohms. I don't know which one it is, but. Um, there are lots of sources with like, 10-ohm output impedance or higher, and that's going to be a problem for that. But generally speaking, yeah, if you have any amps and better it's better.
0: Um, Max uh, says an 2 is the most detailed headphone DC has yeah. ever made. I, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I want to revisit the Ether 2 um, with uh, the, the different pads, because, like, I think,
1: I don't know, like... Oh, he's got multiple pads for that yeah, too? Yeah, he's got multiple that.
0: pads for for those and he's got he had those even before he did the Aon 2. Okay. Um right. And now the other pads for the Aon 2 because I think those other pads would be more way more to my preference, right, for for the like upper mid-range kind of dip there that it has. Um and like seeing the measurement there, like obviously without hearing it I can't, you know, judge it, but um it for the close back, uh you know, that would be if it retains all the detail right like that's that's the the consideration if it retains all the technical performance that looks to be one of the more ideal uh closed back headphones out there
1: um hmm. i think yeah yeah i agree oh uh, oh this sorry. is funny also do you want you to work, since i have a micro bl now i'm not sure that it's going to be able to drive it yeah that has like that what, thing has four incredible watts. Incredible amount of power. Right? four watts. I'm pretty sure. It's, that, yeah. I think that's the only amp I ever actually reviewed. And iFi sent me a review unit, and then I sent it back to them as usual. But oh my god, that thing has incredible amount of power. It's so funny, and it's only yeah. single ended too, and it's just ridiculous. You can drive an LCD four on that thing. It's yeah. really ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Uh. Just to answer this quickly. No, I don't have a repository for my EQ settings. You know what? I really should just make a GitHub. And put all the put all the configs up there. <laughs> that way, people could pull that. Well, for the people who are not programmers, that's that's actual version control, where you know every time you commit a change, you can look at the differences between each commit you make. So I probably should put that up there. Mm-hmm. That would be an idea. But anyway, yeah, I don't have a central repository. Oh, Max, you had the suede pads. Oh no! Are you talking about oh Ether two pads? Oh okay, never mind. Yeah, you should try the solid pads of the Ether, the Aeon two. That would be interesting.
0: Well yeah so apparently they're sold out right now with That's <laughs> yeah, not surprising, so but I don't know if that means that they don't have any in house or just none that they can sell. I don't know or they're, they're being hyped managers.
1: up already just because of the graphs and yeah, yeah. But I don't know well, we that, have to yeah. see if that's actually good or not
0: like, right like but maybe using suede pads on those ones you know maybe it causes other
1: I mean, it does know. other problems I know that's the yeah. problem it's like nah, nah, we would like to. <laughs> I'll be done with this hobby when somebody figures out how to tell me exactly how something sounds using just numbers. Yeah. Till then, it's fascinating. That's why I mean, I'm at that point, we don't even need to listen all. to
0: anything. We can just like. You can just you know, like yeah. Just,
1: we can enjoy yeah. looking at graphs. Um, One of my friends at work said, "Why don't you just you know, wire something into your brain, and then you can skip all the like physical reproduction of sound and just uh <laughs> yeah, and just play it directly." Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Max is uh, still think AC two has more detail than the E two. The only thing with the E two, though, I think, is that it has more stage. At least from memory, I'd I'd have to compare them side by side. But I, I did feel that the stage was better on that one, whereas the Aon two, the stage on the A two felt a little bit forced. Like it, it felt like it was that sort. You know, the 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 kind of like three hertz, three K hertz uh, dip to kind of simulate. Sense of space. Um, it felt like it had that going on, whereas the Ether 2, I felt was more naturally op- open sounding, but I guess it was a closed back versus an open back. So <laughs> there's that element as well. Hmm. Uh, anything else jumping out at you?
1: Jeez, maybe I will do a GitHub then. That is kind of brilliant. People can see every time I update an EQ what changed. And because you can, it's called diffing in that world but yeah i don't know i guess there's enough programmers to understand t- <laughs> t- <laughs> but the other side the, of it, it too is, is like you yeah
0: <laughs> the other side of it is like unit variation and whatnot that's, that's like why i couldn't recommend eq profiles yeah, for headphones that i know have right. unit variations like it's not going to sound like that for... right
1: that so i'd have to put a i'd have to put like a README in each one like yeah. with notes about here's what i couldn't fix and here's what you should probably be careful with and mm-hmm. which i can do But what's brilliant about putting it up on GitHub, I think, is that uh, you can do this thing called a pull request when you're developing code that's open source. That's where it goes, it's GitHub. And what that means is people suggest, hey, we suggest that you do this change to your code, and you can decide whether to accept or reject it. In the case of EQs, people could be like, hey, try this. And I could actually go and give people feedback on what I liked or didn't like about their profile and their suggested change or something like that. So that's actually kind of crazy. Maybe I should do that. (laughs) <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe that'll happen. And so now it's Oratory's database versus mine. No. <laughs> we
0: can. Well, I'll, you know, if you if you put one of those together, we'll. I'll link yeah, to it in the. It, it's forum it's easy. We'll I don't even think you need.
1: It, yeah. uh, actually, I think you do need to get the download. No, I think you can just package it up and just click download, and I think it'll come. Cool. Down. That would be pretty interesting. Uh,
0: I, I've got an interesting one here. Uh, having have have you compared the D eight thousand versus the Imperian? Yes, I have. Uh, not the D eight thousand, but the D eight thousand. Well, D eight thousand. D eight thousand pro. Yeah, D eight thousand pro is the one to get. Like, um, so, but it is the D eight thousand on its own is also interesting against the Empyrean because I think they would be closer. Whereas the D eight thousand pro, um, that's got a more let's say normal tonality. That's probably the be- best tonality, um, over all of them, all three of them. Um, but also, like, the... So the Empyrean, I feel, doesn't compete as far as technical performance with... Like, not quite. It's probably not too far off in the treble. But I think in the bass, the D8000 Pro is better. It's uh, my take. But, of course, the Empyrean is way more comfortable. <laughs>
1: um, it's more comfortable than most things. Yeah,
0: right? it's more comfortable than not wearing headphones.
1: Even <laughs> um, Max like the D8000 Pro even max it was still, it was still me right <laughs> oh no I'm, I'm no longer able to get headphones from him no. <laughs> i feel like it was not, did i listen to that can jam i can't even remember it definitely had a good amount of trouble i think from what i remember but that's He's about that all was, and speed yeah maybe i don't know but yeah, it reminded
0: original... me of like a lcd4 just with a more balanced tonality but i think not like if i had if I had to compare them side by side, I think the LCD Four might still win on detail. It I'd have to have them in the same room.
1: You're supposed to say Cesvara always wins. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I put I put Fang. Is it? I think it's Fung. Beyond is how you're supposed yeah. to pronounce it. I have no idea, but um, I put him right up there with Shankar. Those guys are doing some of the most innovative stuff with planers. Definitely, that's why those two companies are so interesting. Yeah. I haven't talked much with Fang myself. Mostly just Shankar, obviously, but. Um, yeah good
0: stuff definitely uh, D8000 versus Stelia well yeah, D8000 you can do that one D8000 well again D8000 Pro versus Stelia D8000 Pro is definitely uh, more detailed more it's faster uh, yeah everything performance is better because it's it's an open back it's we're not it's not <laughs> it's not really a fair comparison and also <laughs> the D8000 Pro is like $2,000 more expensive than the Stelia um, and it's a arm. So they sound very different from one another. The Stelia is, like, one of the best closebacks for sure. Um, but, like, there's really not that much else out there to compete with. I mean, like, the Verte Closed and the Stelia are the only two, really, that I would...
1: I can't wait for that comparison. <coughs> I'd I love to, to do it. I, I just can't wait to do that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. its be fun. Yeah. Um, that's, that's wild. hi in Diva, Yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, stuff like the Mobius... And the Hi-Fi and diva are just so out in left field from like what other people are thinking about right now. It seems like yeah, we um, should and be from other brands. That's fascinating. I haven't done the diva on Bluetooth. It wouldn't even connect to my phone on CanJam. It only connected to iPhone. So I ended up running it out of analog. I don't think it sounded the same as other people are saying.
0: Do you know if uh, the version at CanJam was the or does anybody know if the version at CanJam was the final version?
1: Yeah, I have no idea. But when I plugged it into my phone dongle, which is the only thing I had at the time on analog it sounded like it had like a 12 dB 11k peak that was just ridiculously huge you know something is I don't think iFIMAN would throw some tuning that far uh that, that far off except for uh the true wireless have you heard their true wireless No, I thing? won't do
0: it. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I love HiFiMan. I can't I say anything bad.
1: <laughs> that is just oh my God. I'm so sorry but Oh, that might be one of the worst things I think I've ever heard. It doesn't sound anything like, wait, what brand is this thing? Oh, I don't understand that product, but that was so funny. We're talking about the, uh, called the TWS 600. Yeah. Yeah, We're not talking about the Diva. Diva is not that bad. Yeah. I, so
0: hopefully there will be a Diva review soon that I'm able to do. We'll see. That'd be great. Get one in house. I'd love to. Yeah. Um, but what i heard at CanJam, it was definitely more of a consumer friendly tuning <laughs> uh so it had more bass um
1: and i think that's what that's what fang told you too right and yeah that's what he told him, me yeah. i think
0: that was the that was kind of like the, the design goal was like to make something that was you know more entry level but also fit better with the um yeah i mean he flat out like said to me for lower price points bass matters more um, yeah so didn't-
1: not surprising. Oh no, I, I gotta take this one. Is Mobius better than the HD 100? <laughs> here's a <laughs> here's a chance for me to show my the not my but the best brand. No, um, that's a weird question. I mean, the HD 800 has a lot of trouble, a lot more trouble than the Mobius, especially at 6K and a huge soundstage. But the imaging is not super uh, super precise as it could be. Um, Mobius is a uh, totally fake virtual Soundstage, essentially. Um, So, and also completely threw me for a loop. It's weird that Mobius has virtual surround um, because most games, as far as I'm aware now, have Mm built-in HRTF simulations, actually. It's just handled by the CPU. Didn't used to be the case back in my old days. Um, But, so I don't even know why that's necessary. So you might as well just use the HD 800 for gaming. Um, it's really good for that, I think, um, because it's you know it'll be good for virtual surround stuff, having a really good soundstage. But the Mobius, and most of the time when I'm using the Mobius, it's for like Bluetooth LDAC, pretty much, because it's just the best sounding closed-back Bluetooth headphone that I know of. And uh, full-size closed-back, yeah. Um, what about so, the Panda? Yeah, I and you know I, <sighs> I heard the Panda briefly at. Ah, uh, can jam and it just—I don't know—it wasn't that impressive. It sounds like a even warmer PM3 or something like that, like a PM3 with a lot of mid bass. I think. Is something yeah, because it right. is Oppo, right? It's the same. Yeah, it's yeah. basically the same, um, the same kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah. But for video games, I think that the h 800 is great, but the Mobius is actually quite good for movies. I think, um, because it doesn't sound super thin. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. if you want a subwoofer-like bass probably going to get more of that in the mobius and what's kind of cool is you can use the mobius with netflix for example on windows Um, and netflix sends the os 5.1 and if you put mobius in 7.1 mode it will take those channels and virtually position them around you and it, it works uh it's pretty it's pretty fun yeah so yeah i don't think you could say one of them would work great for both of those because the soundstage generally on mobius is not that great um, like natural soundstage, virtual, I mean, virtual surround, it sounds like virtual surround. But mm-hmm. It's never going to replace, you know, having a good physical soundstage. Yeah. yeah. Panda is grossly warm. I think that's kind of <laughs> what I, what I got from it too. It's, I love that description. It could be grossly warm and really good detail. But I didn't hear any amazing detail either out of it. It definitely sounds like a very consumer focused headphone more so than how it's sort of being marketed, which yeah. is interesting.
0: Uh, someone says for two ninety nine, it better have a consumer tuning. Talking about the Deva, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, but compared that's, to other high men's, yeah, yeah, and that's that's. But that's interesting in this case specifically because he also mentioned in that same interview that he was optimistic about the consumer level pricing for more neutral sounding stuff because of the popularity of headphones like the HD six XX. No, not well, six XX, yes, but the sorry, HE four XX and the HE four hundred I and all those. So, you know, the idea that then there would be kind of like a, a shift in thought process for how to tune the wireless version of maybe, let's say, like a Sundara or something like that. I don't know if it's actually based on the Sundara or Sosfara or whatever, but having something Hope, that's the wireless hopefully version. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's that's what Android is saying is that it's, or what, uh, sorry, what what uh, Max was saying, but um, the idea of having something that's more consumer tuned for HiFi fi Man is actually a step it's a that's a new territory for them as well because even their cheaper stuff yeah. for the longest time was was more classically neutral
1: so yeah, I, I don't know of any product that has like a plug plugging in bluetooth module like that either like not yeah, specifically that's... designed for it that's really that's really new yeah and if that thing is good enough maybe it'll end up being the new best bed full-size bed phone <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's amazing
1: I actually have a use case for that. It's hilarious. In my bedroom, I've got like... uh, like, What do I got in there? I got the Galaxy Buds in there. I got the Mobius in there. And I got the Porta Pro and the KSC-75 on Yaxi pads with Parts Express headband. And I just grab one of those and just chill out with my phone. (laughs) It's actually a use case uh, for me, which is kind of hilarious.
0: BedFi. Yeah. For a new offshoot website.
1: (laughs) Will wireless ever be good? It will be if we can get even better than LDAC. LDAC already sounds incredibly transparent to me. I don't think I could tell the difference between it and lossless, most likely. What if you it's... had a wireless SOSFIRE, though? Yeah, exactly. But that's what I was going to say. Like, But it <laughs> depends. Like, If I'm trying to listen to an LCD-4 or SOSFIRE, 1266 using LDAC, I'm not so sure. Um, in fact, Abyss had looked at Bluetooth, I think. And I think they made a video about this, and they said that there just wasn't anything... Because their headphones are so high resolution, it sounds like bragging, but they really are very, very high resolution. I think Resolve can touch for that too. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Bluetooth just still wasn't quite there. Uh, you
0: you wouldn't want to cripple your headphones by you know limitations with that <laughs> you know even if it well makes when them you're wildness.
1: Abyss, yeah, I can totally understand that. They really are like a no holds barred company. They'll yeah. pay whatever it takes to build the thing. There aren't that many of those so that's a really unique approach that's what sets them apart i guess but now i sound like i'm no longer it's all my stolen odyssey shill now i mean come on but, but anyway it's
0: hard to be a, an, an abyss shill because like you need to have this the whole stack and the you know right you need to have the person there who puts them on your head properly and you know dms and, is there adjusting. You also need to make sure, sure that, right. that it, it,
1: yeah if you don't have the latest revision that's bad yeah, yeah, Even though yeah. at one point it was considered awesome. No, that, that's yeah. bad now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind well, of funny. But, but, but for I mean, the... Lots of companies do that, though.
0: I mean, For the Diana Phi, though, I think too. you, you got to have the DMS version. That's... Oh, yeah.
1: Whatever, apparently most of the change in the sound on that was actually the pads and the way they were yeah. constructed, which blows yeah. my mind because, you know, he, on his personal unit, he removed a protective mesh on it, too, and I thought that might have had a larger effect on the detail, but he claims that it is mostly the pads, which is kind well, of crazy, so also though it's I mean, possible but oh you, you
0: don't want people going out there with their Dian- oh yeah four thousand dollar diana Fies and ripping out the mesh because that's just not oh. a good
1: idea <laughs> yeah yeah even the abyss guys were coming up to me and they're like you know what that thing is right it's just like a mostly the pad swap like we're not going to yeah. remove the protective mesh from headphones no but what's yeah. kind of funny about that is the mobius that i have with and some of them do some of them don't have a protective mesh uh over the driver which is weird when you remove the pads it's bare It's you can see right you can see the film i don't know why that is because some people have sent me images where theirs has the protective hmm. film so that's odd yeah the odyssey will say something about that but anyway um yeah you don't want to sell like that when it's an open back and there's nothing else protecting it because there's a fabric on the driver i mean on, <laughs> on, a, on part of the, the pad as a
0: that's will dms install the 1266 on my head for for the fifty thousand dollar stack yeah that's <laughs> that's part of it if you buy the fifty thousand dollar stack dms comes with it and then he installs it on your head
1: you need to fly to the u.s <laughs> and then come over to my place and then yeah. when dms is visiting which actually he said he introduced. he i mean he lives in like uh because the best headquarters is like north new yeah. york i think he want he he's expressed interest in bringing me like the line of stack and like the DMs oh, there you and, go. like I would love for him to shoot a video in here and 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 do all that I think that'd be really fun, so hopefully that happens at some point too. Yeah. But obviously, in the, the current situation, how have how has Corona not come up? I guess we just kind of got used to it by now.
0: Yeah, this is the <laughs> new normal. Um, so, I did want to mention with the AB twelve sixty six TC phi phi TC, um, yeah. that that the weight of that didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. You know, like, it's more the the weirdness yeah, of getting the fit either. right. But, like, the weight, I it's only like, okay, I say only. It's only like 600 grams compared to, <laughs> you know. Oh, it, is it, it? I thought it
1: was like 500 or something. Yeah, I mean, that's oh, maybe it all, is. I but
0: it's, it's lighter no, than. No, I mean, it felt like that, yeah. Just, yeah, it's like, lighter than. If
1: it's than, not, then, the, yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty sure. And also the headband strap is, it, it helps. It's not, you know. Oh, yeah. It's uh, pretty,
1: it feels really, I mean, that thing is seriously invincible it's it's crazy well built i mean hey i work yeah. I, I now work for abyss congrats but anyway yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um well, i think like my ideal headphone would be the diana dms diana fi i think that yeah. would be my if i could you know because i'm a necklet i like you know oh yeah i mean light well, headphones i, I am
1: know. as much as i like odyssey's sound quality and stuff it's a real problem the the weight i'm not going to yeah, and like I'm not gonna say, oh yeah, no, it's fine. You should just be able to deal with it. Yeah. I think that's kinda crazy. Six hundred grams is way too much. Um seven hundred and thirty-five, that's out of control. Yeah. That's um nuts. but the, the but what's what's really crazy about yeah, the, the Diana DMS is that it gets a lot of variables into a range at once that you don't usually expect to come together at the same time. Because it sounds like on the level of an L C D and as far resolution wise, and the frequency response sounds almost perfect and it doesn't weigh very much while being a planer it's really a decent, decent sound blowing. stage for the size like
0: it's oh, yeah, no small on good the, too like,
1: yeah it, yeah i i don't know how they managed to do that it, it's pretty good it's
0: but... one of those things that that like because i didn't like one that i reviewed before but the dms one it's like to me that does we can talk about how ridiculous the pricing is for you know high-end <laughs> headphones and stuff like right. that but that's one that nothing else is in that category
1: yeah, you know, that gets all of those things but, right at the same time. That's uh, yeah, very unusual for any headphone, let alone that price. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: in any case, uh, now that we're on to you know, shilling various different brands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, we need DMS in here for the next one, so we can uh, you know, yeah, how he not we have Odyssey, Hi-Fi it? Man, and then, D- and then uh, Abyss. <laughs> That's
1: funny. <laughs> yeah, um, we can get DMS on for one of them. I'm sure yeah. he's free. And then Shankar, we definitely need oh, one yeah. of them. Definitely. Uh, yeah. But,
0: yeah, we're, we're coming up on, like, two hours here, so we should probably... Whoops, I dropped...
1: Yeah, it seems like the back. chat doesn't want to quit. This happens to me when I stream, too. <laughs> they, never, they never want to quit. It's, it's yeah. great.
0: Well, I, I have to keep it short because I cut it up for podcasts as well, and they don't... Oh, like yeah, that's a lot effort. of... Uh, sorry, a lot of <laughs> length for yeah, a yeah. piece of
1: content. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, if I had a nickel every time I heard that. okay. I have
1: not heard the thing. Orpheus, unfortunately, no. Uh, um
0: yeah okay so we'll let's uh, let's leave it at that um i do want to mention to you guys that uh, we'll be doing more of these uh, kind of uh, i guess live stream sessions whether it's with metal 571 or other folks um and also um if you guys are uh, curious about like you know where to bring some of these questions or thoughts if we're not around uh, obviously i'll try and answer what i can on the youtube comments but you can also visit the uh, headphone community forum and ask your questions there. There's people there who are super knowledgeable as well. So if you want to know like how something sounds or just see what somebody's impressions are, uh, definitely check that stuff out. And uh, for these specific episodes that we'll be doing the live stream sessions, uh, as I just mentioned, some of them are now going to be in podcast form. So I've just taken the audio out um, and I'll hopefully be doing uh, some more, I guess, podcast related stuff so that, I mean, it's, it sounds funny cause like these days, nobody's really on the go, <laughs> but if you want to, if you want to listen to podcast, uh, you know, maybe you're you know in the kitchen doing dishes or something like that. And you want to listen to a podcast. Uh, we now have that available on currently Spotify and I think Apple music, iTunes. I, I, am yeah, I don't know. I, I just submitted it. So I think it's now available on those platforms and it should be available on more soon. So, uh, Keep a lookout for those. Alrighty, uh, thanks so much uh, to Metal571 for joining and thanks all for all of your guys' questions in the chat. Yep. And we'll see Anytime. you guys in the next one uh, pretty soon here.